What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys. Morning, Jack. No thanks, I just finished. <laughs> Chuck asked me to come to the reading of the will for support. Only thing he's going to need support for is the massive influx into his bank account. Charming. Come out with me tonight. You, I'm not interested. Didn't seem that way on New Year's. Whatever may have transpired between us, what's important is what it means to me, which is nothing. Do you think it would be nothing, Chuck? Let's ask him now, shall we? That's not. Aw, oh, no one wants to play today, huh? Let's get this over with. Courage, nephew. I'm going to be running Bass Industries and you're about to inherit a billion of dollars. I know my father. There'll be so many strings attached, I'll look like a marionette. He wouldn't miss his last chance to put me in my place. Hey, Upper Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down season two, episode 16 of Gossip Girl, You've Got Yale. But I, of course, am not here by myself. I'm here with my podcast co-host, and a, uh, a co-host is kind of like a child. It needs to be taught and thanked. And uh, that is no different than Brendan Ruppel. Brendan, welcome again. Hello. I am, of course, your co-host of Creepy Uncle Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi to the Hello Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the crematorium. Matthew, we're here. Um, I want to know, off pod just now, honestly, uh-huh. I, think, I think I was actually recording before, so I, I could put this little snippet into the show. But yeah. uh, you ha- you have me worrying about you a little bit. You're, are you able to continue <laughs> on? Or are you, do you want to be put in the IL here and they, I can get a different co-host for next episode? Are you going to be able to get through this two-hour-long ep? Yeah, I am. I am injured right now, and it, you know when I when I laugh, it does hurt a little bit. So you yeah. might you might hear me say uh, "ow" a couple times if you're funny enough. <laughs> so that's, that's what we're striving you know for all really, episodes really long. Working. Yes, in case anyone is wondering what Brendan is bringing up and why Brendan, I don't even know why Brendan is bringing it up, but I am suffering from a. From a, a an abdominal muscle sprain, it's mm. it's very it's very painful right now. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like whatever happens in the beginning of this uh, is just like I just say whatever's in the forefront of my mind, and that's kind of where things right. go. And I don't, it has nothing to do with the show. It's nice and unprofessional. It's just the way we do things here. Well, you know what's on the forefront of my mind right now is that we have another iconic guest for this episode. It is someone. Who has never seen the show? You know, not the first time this has happened, but this person made a uh, a, 
special exception for us. He said he would watch an episode just so he could be on this podcast and talk to us. It is someone who I have had the pleasure of becoming very good friends with over the course of the last few years. Please welcome to the podcast, Dom Harvey. Dom, how are you doing? Hello, I, I am very good. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have no such injury, luckily. I have a, a <laughs> nice uh, cushion of abdominal blubber that protects me from any uh, kind of knocks and scrapes like that. But uh, yes, I am a first-time listener, first-time caller, yes. and I think first-time watcher, although watching this episode did like stir some vague recollection in my memory. So I don't know if there's some um, repressed part of my repressed childhood where I did watch Gossip Girl episodes and just blanked it out completely, or... Maybe it's just such a big part of the zeitgeist that I've just passively absorbed a bunch of Gossip Girl trivia and tidbits over time. I don't know. Yeah, all of a sudden you were watching the episode and you just started like reciting the dialogue word for word. <laughs> you know, I, I think this might play into the fact that you are kind of here in a way for the tryout of my new co-host in case Gagan goes out for too long. So, so yeah, I, I, I've been doing this uh, Gossip Girl theater in my head this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean... Anything's possible here. This any any episode could be my last episode. You just never know. <laughs> Brendan's been Brendan's been dying to get rid of me yeah, recently. I've been trying to pick my place. Um, so Dom, I, I usually ask the guests um, for their Gossip Girl story when they started watching, why they started watching. But since you are a uh, potentially a first time watcher, maybe not. Maybe we we still haven't cracked that case yet. But uh, since you do not have a a big history with the show, why? Why? Why didn't you watch Gossip Girl? Had you had you ever heard of it before before today? I mean, you you mentioned it was in the zeitgeist. So, what, what, what were you too good for the show or something? I certainly had heard of it, and often would confuse it with Gilmore Girls. And so, hearing a yep. reference to Gilmore Girls in this episode <laughs> of Gossip Girl really <laughs> threw me for a loop, and you know, had me wondering if I was plugged into the Matrix somehow. Uh, but <laughs> as for why I didn't watch it, I, I guess it just. Never really occurred to me. I'm sure me as a teenage boy wrote it off as just a not not like a girly show necessarily, but just like not for me. I don't know if it is mm-hmm. quite my quite my speed or quite my vibe. Uh, but th- this episode, uh, I-, I guess, like I wasn't going to watch this and then not come on a podcast with you if I didn't enjoy it. But I did enjoy it enough to uh, hey, you know you lo- really look forward to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that really I strikes mean... a chord with me too because every time my boss asks me what I did the night before, and it's recording this podcast he's like oh what, what podcast would you record the the gilmore girls podcast and i'm like no it's not i've been doing it for a long time now it's 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 fucking gossip girl jesus christ i'd I fucking yeah punch, punch him. i am i am constantly um mixing up uh gossip girl and gilmore girl not like mixing up the shows but just but like say, when you say it out loud saying, yeah, yeah accidentally saying the wrong one and i i assumed that that probably happens to everyone it is a uh, similar title, a alliterative two-word title. <laughs> okay, great, nice. But they, uh, they, they really should have had a crossover episode at some point. Uh, well, this is oh, it almost have. felt like it just uh, <laughs> right. Scene one. And now, yeah, it's disappointing that it, it pretty much can't because it's now canon that Gilmore Girls does exist in the Gossip Girl universe. So now Blair will not be able to meet Rory because mm. you know that 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 wouldn't make sense. Well, I thought she was referencing point. like a person she knew in real life. <laughs> He said she was watching Gilmore Girls all night. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. I was busy. <laughs> you thought he meant she was just spying on her friend Rory all night? I think what happened was in the beginning of the episode, I was just like kind of doing mundane tasks and like getting my stuff together. And I... Always I, always a professional. I, I, yeah, I just I just perked up once I heard the word Rory. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll start watching the, the episode now. <laughs> Brendan, watches the, Brendan watches the episode while he's doing his errands in the morning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's half paying attention. He doesn't even bother to take notes. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> okay, great. Um, another question I like to ask, Dama. I guess based on this one episode you've seen now, uh, do you have a, a favorite and least favorite character of the show? <laughs> uh, well, I, I was getting, at least from this episode, uh, I was getting kind of like a succession vibes from the show at large, where like they're all just massive pieces of shit and uh, yes. <laughs> they, they kind of uh, ebb and flow in that regard over time. But uh, you, you kind of love to hate all of them. I don't know if that's what I meant to feel. And maybe if, you know, if I, I had been assigned a completely different episode to watch, then I'd have a different view of uh, certain people. And but my understanding is this episode just flat out did not feature some of the pretty important characters so maybe i would fall in love with them i don't know uh based on what i did see uh i would say least favorite i mean the whole like chuck bart thing like they're all pretty repulsive um but <laughs> the whole best family <laughs> right not great but beyond that i guess like blair's feud with uh rachel is like I'm not sure what Rachel did wrong, so I guess make uh, put me down as Team Rachel at least for yeah the confines okay. of season two, episode sixteen. Okay, great because I love Blair and hate Miss Carr, so we'll wow. Have, have okay, some nice, we'll have some nice with, with her introductory there. episode being today, I was like, Kagan fucking hates this girl. Anyone that opposed, <laughs> I just had a feeling, and I, I was like, I'm like like lukewarm on her because she it's too early with this new character, but I was like, he's got to hate her so much. Oh, you knew, you knew that I hated her. <laughs> I just I could tell. This I put down my morning errands, errands to figure that out. It's <laughs> fucking four foot ten, twelve year old that is for some reason a teacher at the school is gonna try to take down. <laughs> she Blair. seems nice, I, but maybe that's the thing. Like like Dom is saying, like she just doesn't fit in this world because she's the only one that has yeah. like a, a moral compass. So she just seems out of place. So it doesn't work. So hold on, hold on. Was she a student at this school? Did she like do the turnaround and then she's having to like fraternize with her former teachers or whatever? Like, is that the story or did she just appear out of nowhere as if she was a 18 year old herself? Yeah, I've never seen her before. Uh, she appeared out of nowhere. She says that she was spending the last two years doing uh, teach across Alabama or whatever the fuck she said. Her but, story did not make uh, any sense. Yeah, she's like, Dana's like, yeah, uh, you seem kind of young. You could you could uh, pass as a student here. And he's like, well, yeah, up until recently, I was a student. I was at <laughs> teach for whatever at Alabama. Like, what are you talking about? Is it just about? her way of saying I'm young and I like, yeah, I finished I grad so, school? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Up until recently, I was a student. Same, actually, Miss Carr. <laughs> That's what I was telling everyone when I was, when I was <laughs> during my first week of substitute teaching. I could just keep telling them. Up until recently, I was a student. Did you say, when you were watching the episode, did you say, Mrs. Carr, more like Mrs. Get in the car and drive the hell out of here. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I said. I was hoping for an Every owl, scene, an I guess owl on that it. one. Uh, oh, yeah. You're not getting it. Not getting it. I didn't laugh hard enough for that. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's get into the episode here. Uh, it is that stressful time of year when Constant Billard and St. Jude students find out who is and is not worthy of early admission to Yale University. Wow, what a tradition that every year there's a <laughs> so specific day where people find out if they did or did not get into Yale. Um, Serena bonds with her new Shakespeare teacher, Rachel, who has no clue the wrath she's about to suffer after giving Blair the first B of her prep school career. Chuck pairs up with an unlikely ally in his war with Jack over Bass Industries. Meanwhile, Nate and Vanessa have a romantic night at the opera. I'm surprised that Nate and Vanessa even got a line in this uh, little blurb here. It was really shoehorned in. The whole plot. Literally, my whole complaint last week was that they have nothing to do for Nate and Vanessa, and there's no reason <laughs> I mean, to have them even, in the we show. We can do the whole plot of them right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, this week they really proved They, they wanted to go to the opera, Nate bought good tickets, she bought bad tickets, they sat in the bad tickets, and then they ended up sitting in the good tickets and making out, and that was the whole plot. And guess what? I, I, yeah, I, I, if, like me, you could only watch exactly this one episode, 
You would have no idea that Vanessa is apparently like a major character across, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this entire plotline. I was going to say, guess what? They got uh, starring role money for this for this episode yeah. because they are in the main cast. And yeah, Vanessa does not even appear into more than halfway through the episode. And same with Jenny. Jenny had like one scene today. Well, even Nate, he has the, the one scene in the beginning. He has a couple lines with uh, yeah. with Dan and has like, the best joke of the series, maybe. <laughs> I go, well, then, which is what? And then he or leaves. do you want to wait till we get yeah, to we'll, it? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Brendan, let's, let's get to your favorite segment of okay. this show. And that is to see if you can guess the title reference. The title is, of course, of this episode, You've Got Yale. What is that referencing? It is, of course... You've got mail, baby. I'm not even going to try and uh, trick you here. Wow. I, you... I think that the real game of this segment is uh, people want to see what kind of uh, stupid alt I have for it. And then I don't always have something. Sometimes I just have the right answer because I'm just a smart guy. Uh, I mean, I've never gotten that feedback before that, that <laughs> no. people are loving. Yeah. All the... no, My but... Twitter DMs are getting flooded with, with this kind of feedback. Yeah. Um, have you seen the movie You've Got Mail? I have, actually. Wow! I, 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 right. I love What do you movie. think? Better or worse than this episode of Gossip Girl? Uh, much, I much rather watch that. Wow! Unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen it, but I have to assume that this episode of Gossip Girl is better. No, it's it's a really good movie. Uh, do you like you, you you love a good rom com? Yeah, I like a good rom com. Yeah, it's good stuff. Is that the is that the one with the uh, the scene, the famous scene? Is that how what she's having, or is that the other one, Sleepless in Seattle? I get them confused. I mean, you're the one that's seen the movie. I don't know. Maybe I even haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Billy Crystal. Yeah, maybe, maybe much like maybe much like with uh, with Tom and Gossip Girl, it's just kind of in in your subconscious for <laughs> could, some reason. Be. Um, I'm pretty sure you've got mail stars Tom Hanks, not Billy Crystal. <laughs> okay, so that definitely haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now you're getting an ow out of me. That one hurt my hurt my ab muscle. <laughs> all right, well, nevertheless, you got it right technically, I guess. So you are now nine for sixteen on the season. This is another part of the segment that people love is when. I get it right, and then I give you a bunch of facts about the movie, and they're all wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Dom, are you a big uh, You've Got Mail head? No. I mean, I, I guess I got the pun, and that's about as far as my knowledge goes there, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, great. Um, all right. Original air date of this episode, January 19th, 2009. We are still in the winter of 09 and brendan your favorite character roman is back in this one <laughs> yeah don't know why don't know why blair's, blair's uh, uh two fathers are in town and you know three of blair's five parents in dorota harold and roman oh are here to wish blair luck before she goes You're to uh which check her clyde been? what's up where's clyde been clyde uh, is his name clyde who's clyde <laughs> uh what's her, what's uh her stepdad blair's stepdad cyrus cyrus oh, okay that just shows how far how long he's been gone. Yeah, okay, yeah. It says nothing about you and your no, no, no. inability to remember character names. I'm having, I don't know I'm where myself El- quite an innate episode today. <laughs> yeah, you really are. I don't know where um, <laughs> Eleanor and Clyde slash Cyrus are right now, but for some reason, her dad and uh, dad's boyfriend, I guess, are in town for wh- whatever reason, just to wish her luck in her. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah, that's yell thing and go to the opera but whatever um and this is when we get the crossover reference that we were all just talking about as they tell blair they heard her rewatching gilmore girls again which you know on the one hand is exciting because we can now say that blair is canonically a fan of gilmore girls but also unfortunate because like i was saying we know for sure that blair will not be running into rory at yale because mm. uh gilmore girls exists in the gossip girl universe but 
Blair does mention that she is so a better fit for Yale than that Rory. Um, I don't know. Do do we agree? I, I don't know if I agree I don't with know. that. That's, that's, I think that's just very classist of Blair, as, as usual. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Rory I guess she, not, well, she does come no, from money, of course, but she not, doesn't want the walk. Not money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, Blair also gets <laughs> introduced to Handsome Dan. Did did Blair's fathers get her the Yale mascot <laughs> as a gift? Like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> that's it. It seems what it, what it must have been. And she didn't even I, get I got a... I got to ask, is this a Yale thing? Is this an Ivy League thing? Is it a just American University thing? Because my school, uh, for, for all of its, uh, you know, faults or uh, upsides or whatever, did not have a dog as a mascot. <laughs> yeah, I believe this is a, a Yale thing where their mascot is just a, a pit bull that, that walks around. I mean, if, if I've learned anything about Yale through the various TV shows is that Handsome Dan is the is the mascot, so... <laughs> I mean, not just... to uh, not to take this to a morbid place, but then when the the current handsome Dan uh, passes on, does a new dog just get chosen and inaugurated as handsome Dan, or I, I think do, so. does I... their name is that is that like a new name for the mascot at that point? Mm-hmm. Like, how does this work? I think, I think it's just I think a never-ending stuffed the original one, and they like it's like a robot <laughs> just gets embalmed. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a never-ending line of handsome Dan's. Like, if you're next in line on the handsome Dan throne, you know. Like, there's a lot of like. Uh, you know, assassinating handsome Dan so that you can, you know, get oh, your yeah. spot in on the throne. It's very contentious there. Um, and so Harold also wrote a personal letter to our good friend, uh, Dean Baruby or uh, Barabay or however they, they were mm. pronouncing it. Uh, Famous on Longboy Theater. Getting a, yeah, <laughs> it was a great role. Uh, really getting a lot of shout outs in this episode. So Blair should be a shoo-in to get into Yale. Um <laughs> also wants to know if uh, Chuck is going to be joining them. And Blair answers with such an iconic and mean line where she says, I wouldn't know and I don't care. He's as dead to me as his father is to him. <laughs> and then orders more blueberries. No one even bats an eye. And orders more blueberries. That is an important part of the scene. Right, and that, that better be your joke of the episode. No, it's not. It, it really is not. I told you it was an eight, it was an eight line. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You have the joke of the series coming up. I just <laughs> thought that was a, so mean. Yeah, that was ironically right joke alley. of the series, but it really was, a, it was something else. When, speaking of uh, Gilmore Girls in this scene, Amy Sherman Palladino, I don't know if we mentioned this, but she was originally going to direct the Gossip Girl movie when it was supposed to be Whoa. a movie and not a TV show. Yeah. Back when uh, Lindsay Lohan was supposed to play Blair Walter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, speaking that- of uh, directors here, I, I saw that uh, in the credits it said, uh, like, developed for TV by uh, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. I, I'm assuming this is not the incredibly hot wife of Andrew Savage here. This is someone, like, coincidentally <laughs> totally different. Yeah, I think just just the just the same uh, just the same name there. Not no no relation to Andrew Savage that I know of. Anyway, I mean maybe we could get Andrew Savage on the pod so he could set the record straight. I mean we're all like some number of degrees from Andrew Savage somehow, right? Yeah, I mean I think if I slid into his uh, in DMs, I think I could get a I think I'd get an answer <laughs> from him in a couple of days. I'm not going to test the theory, but I think it could happen. So, uh, Serena and Dan are also celebrating Yale Day. Uh, Brendan, why didn't we have a Yale Day at our high school? I don't know. It's it's pretty messed up. I, I, I'm confused about this Yale Day also because, uh, from what Blair said, like maybe early on in season two, doesn't only a couple of students from this school get in every year? Like two girls and like two boys or something. It like seemed that? to be the thing was like one, yeah, like one guy and one girl get in. So but they, they have an like... entire day to tell everyone else that. To fuck off. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, none of it makes sense. And you know, Dom, I don't want to sound like um, 
turn to the pod Colin and ask you if they had Yale Day in England, especially <laughs> since, since I'm sure they, they didn't. But were you excited when Oxford Day rolled around over, over in England? I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, this is what kind of confused me, too. Is it like Yale itself has this totemic importance to whatever the school is where, oh, if you get into Harvard, that's that's a mark of failure. But Yale, that's the one we're all, we're all shooting for here. Exactly. Yale is the big one that, for some reason, everyone <laughs> wants to get into Yale in this school. Uh, so much so that they have a, a whole holiday around it where uh, Yale is just going to email everyone at the exact same time whether they got in or not. And, and then they, they they all simultaneously open up either their Blackberries <laughs> or their 2008-era yeah. flip phones to, to, to check on that. Yeah, that's right. Everyone everyone is refreshing their phones until it happens, and everyone gets their answer at the same time. But uh, before that, Dan's worried about what happens if he doesn't get in, but Serena is correctly worried about something much more important, which, what if Serena does get in and Blair does not, which is exactly what's going to happen. I, I would yeah, be scared of that, too. Exactly. Dan answers Death by Dorota, which I think would be a, a, a great like fan fiction spinoff movie. <laughs> I would love to see that. That's finally where I get to see the true Dorota. Yeah, that would be really good. Um, and then, unfortunately, because of the uh, sibling shenanigans that have been going on recently, Rufus and Lily are closer than ever, while things are also seemingly going well for Serena and Dan here. Dan here. Um, um, were you able to pick up on the fact that Dan and Serena are dating, but also kind of uh, quasi-step-siblings? It's complicated, I think, is the, the overall vibe I came away with. Yeah, and you'll find out that pretty much everyone is just related on the show and also dating. <laughs> Okay, that, that is, I have follow-up questions at some point about that, but I, I will leave it be for typing. I mean, between Lily and Rufus, like, everyone is just their kid. Now with Chuck, like, getting adopted by the end of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I did have to figure out from scratch, like, the weird kind of twist of where, like, the two people who are dating their parents and or step-parents are also dating, but it's, like, right. in reverse. It is very, yeah. yeah. It's, there's no strange. blood involved, right. so, luckily, but. I guess, yeah, I guess if we break it down, uh, right now, you will see this is a very fresh relationship. Lily and Rufus are dating each other. Uh, Rufus's son is Dan. Lily's daughter is Serena. Serena and Dan are also dating each other. Lily is no longer dating Bart because Bart is dead. And Bart's son is Chuck, who Lily is going to adopt in this episode. And so pretty much all of the main characters we get in this episode are related, except for Nate and Vanessa, who are just making out in a box. <laughs> oh, you forgot to mention the uh, the half-sibling we just found out about. In the past couple of episodes, yeah, too. yes, and they have a. They also have Rufus and Lily also had a kid 19 years ago who may or may not be dead. Okay, so yeah. you're all caught up now. Yeah, so, good, good to have you. Yeah, so here. Den and Serena um, share a sibling. Yes, potentially. Potentially. Uh, speaking of Rufus and Lily, they come downstairs, and Rufus is just like bragging a little to his son that he and Lily were getting busy all night. They hardly got any sleep. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, that was so gross. <laughs> And Lily's like, I don't know why we thought this would be weird. This is not weird at all. We love this. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, great. They're, like, they're actually together. Maybe this will be all right. This will kind of be like Dan and Serena, and they're like better together than apart. And then I immediately was like, oh, Rufus. I was like, oh, my God, poor Eric. Yeah, I mean, I've been championing this situation all series long, but yeah. I think Rufus and Lily are the ones making it weird by loudly fucking all the time. All so the time. All that, so long. That Eric has to tell them, uh, you know, I tell you to get a room, but remember that uh, you're... Your room is right above his, Ugh. and you should try to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Poor kid. So bad. Um, but yeah, is, uh, is Eric meant to be this like this uh, kind of young Sheldon-style character, or what's his deal? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. He's, he's a little precocious, I guess, but he's... <laughs> he's older I mean, than he's, he looks. He's only... 
Yeah, he's only two years younger than, uh, I mean, most of the people are seniors. Eric is Serena's little brother. He is a sophomore right now. But yeah, I mean, he has demonstrated time and time again that he is the most uh, probably mature member of the cast. So um, very, very young Sheldon-esque there. Right. I wouldn't would insult we, him with that, explore. but yes, the idea is there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dan and Serena, they're going to leave in disgust. Uh, and Lily and Rufus are going to talk about going to the opera for their first date feels like for me that would be a terrible first date i don't know have either of you ever been to an opera can't say i have well maybe you should uh, go see the magic flute i heard it's uh <laughs> like an opera for amateurs <laughs> that one does sound pretty good yeah the way eric described it yeah if i went with eric i would i would like you know dom are you uh big on the opera at all I wouldn't say I'm big on the opera. I have been, but I, I do agree. It does sound like a very risky choice for a first date. But like, if they're not into the opera, then not only have you, you know, ma- radically misjudged that, but also you're just stuck there for two and a half hours as they get progressively more miserable trying to decipher some like German, you know, yeah. operetta yeah. lyrics or something. Yeah, that that could be bad. I was very surprised that like everyone in the episode is like so down to go to the opera, but I guess that's so, just like rich yeah, people for right. it. Well, I yeah, I think it's the kind of thing which I don't know how many rich people even actually enjoy, but just the idea of the opera is so fancy that it has like yeah. the connotation of, oh, well, these people are rich and hoity-toity and, and so on. It's like an event, I right. guess. Even uh, Nate wants to go to the opera, even though there's no chance he understands what's going on. Yeah. Even Miss Carr wanted to go to the opera. I don't know. I, I don't Maybe know why she always wants stuff. to go. But yeah. I, I'd say she, I, she's, a, she's a refined cultured woman. I don't know what to I tell you. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean... She, she, she was just in Alabama. Shakespeare teacher. <laughs> that's true. That's true. When she was in uh, Alabama for two years, they probably didn't have many operas that she could go to. She's really uh, excited to get there. Um, so Jack comes into Chuck's room. Uh, Chuck's having a wild phone conversation here where he's like, no, I told you, under 18, and I want verification. I don't care where you have to import them from. I want them young and unstable. Like, Chuck is going to be checking IDs to make sure everyone is young enough to get into this party. And I was like, what is going on here? But we find out that he's trying to set Jack up. But Jack is not uh, as stupid as Chuck was last week. So Jack is not going to fall for this. Um, also warns that their stock may be taking a little dip today. And uh, Chuck all of a sudden is some business genius, lets him know what he's doing wrong. Maybe my assessment was wrong last week that where I said that obviously Jack should be the one running the company. Because it seems like uh, he's not doing any better than perhaps the 17-year-old would be doing. It's It's interesting because... Leading up to this episode, he seems like he does have like a good head on the shoulders, and then all of a sudden, oh, to make it fit for this plot, it's just like he's a fucking animal. He's just he's <laughs> a, a raging cokehead. He can't control himself. He's like he goes from I, zero to one hundred so fast. Yeah, what is uh, the the uh, the S industries in Australia looking like right now? If this guy can't run into anything, like I, I hate to see what's going on in Australia. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, if he's still <laughs> handling that or if he puts someone else in charge. Yeah, who knows? So Dan and Serena arrive at school, and this is where we meet this uh, this new 13-year-old who's walking in front of them. Dan wants to know who the new student is, but it is Serena's new Shakespeare teacher, Miss Carr. Um, fair question for Dan to think that she's just a student because the actress who plays Miss Carr was 25 when this episode aired, which is just about the same age as the people playing the teenagers. So, I like... She should essentially be playing a teenager, but she's playing an adult, and it also doesn't help that she's, like I said, four foot ten. Yeah, she has a young face. She doesn't know how to open a door, so nice girl Serena has to to help her out, yeah. And uh, we hear that Miss Carr is Serena's favorite new teacher, and this is is Miss Carr's first salary job, and all of a sudden, Serena and Dan are, like, begging this lady to hang out at all their hotspots for some reason. Serena's like... 
it's so weird. Serena's like, oh, my mom's in the hotel industry. You can come to the palace lobby yeah. to get away from all the noise. Dan, Dan brings up our favorite Brooklyn hotspot. He's like, my, my dad is a gallery. There's a pretty cool cafe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, please, please, com- so please come. We haven't had a customer. We haven't had a customer in years. We really need you to stay, uh. stay in business here. And, uh, um, just to let you know, you, you, I mean, you got to see the cafe later in the episode. There, there's nothing pretty cool about that cafe that is located inside of the art gallery. <laughs> it just happens to be there. It's a deserted place that no one ever steps foot in until Rachel Carr does today. No, I, I feel like if I'm going to an art gallery, the cafe itself is not the main attraction there, unless it is some <laughs> like weird form of modern art or something. Yeah, well, listen, there's not many joint art gallery slash cafes uh that that i've been to so i mean rufus really has the market cornered here on that on, on that uh I type think of rufus business should I guess. probably yeah. add like a hot dog card inside there too <laughs> hot dog card as well okay yeah. um i'll reach out to him see what he says <laughs> okay good <laughs> blair is yelling at nelly shuki to refresh it's nice to see blair spending some time with her minions again after she was uh, neglecting them for the last couple of episodes <laughs> she gets a lot of minion time in this uh in this episode dom do they have minions in england <laughs> like the kind of yellow cartoon things or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah you get it um, uh so blair mentions that there is no way yale's gonna accept nelly yuki because she only got a 2360 on her sats but didn't blair like completely sabotage hers though that she bombed the sats did did nelly yuki still end up getting a 2360 even after like blair completely <laughs> like stole the batteries points? from her calculator yeah that's amazing I also figured the undertone here was that these are the type of kids who, like, even if they're academic credentials and maybe not up to snuff, that their parents can just offer to, like, finance new biology lab or something, and that's going to get them in, or there's some, like, legacy admission yeah, back channel kind of, involved. And that, right, well, and that, like, one, one A- minus is not going to doom your chances of, uh, of future glory. Right, which is why I was confused, which why Blair was having so much trouble getting in when um, she maybe sat the dean of admissions like daughter or whatever and got like an outstanding recommendation from him. She had the personal letter uh, jumping through from her dad, Nate, like Nate, notorious dumb person of the show, um, like said when they were originally applying that Yale was his safety school because his dad could just get him in. Like, right. <laughs> this should not be a problem, but it, it for the purpose of this episode, it is. And uh, speaking of Nate, Dan and Nate are having some bro time. Uh, they're, Nate's also planning on going to the opera. And, and uh, no way dumb guy Nate enjoys the opera. But uh, like I said, these rich kids have just been like brainwashed at a young age that the opera is something that you're supposed to go to. And th- these pals, they're joking around, having a good time. And uh, it, was this where your joke of the episode came, Brendan? You <laughs> yeah. mentioned something about Nate. I, I didn't write it down. What does he say here? I don't remember the exact. It's like a whole conversation where Dan's like going off on a quip about um, how like whenever he he used to hang out with Vanessa and she'd make him watch a whole, I think all of Signs or something like that, and then like she'd turn on Clockwork Orange, and then Nate just goes, "What's a Clockwork Orange?" And then the two of them laugh. <laughs> but he, like yeah. my favorite part is that he laughs along, but like Dan's <laughs> laughing at the fact that you are stupid, <laughs> and then Nate's just like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Nate. You don't. You you don't get it. <laughs> Stop laughing. You don't get it. You don't get. We're it's laughing about at you, you Nate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very funny reaction, but it gets interrupted as as Dan gets a text and his jaw just falls to the floor. Like a they they gave him the direction to be way way happier with your mouth way 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 more open <laughs> yeah. here because that's exactly what he does. <laughs> um, we don't get to find out what it is yet. We can assume, but 
First, Charles is going to enter Lily's home here, and he clears his throat as he's making his entrance. And I just love the back and forth between these. This is a uh, definitely the A story of of the episode here, and definitely I, I think Chuck and Lily are going to have good moments throughout the episode. But absolutely, uh, Lily says she wasn't expecting to see him today, and he answers, "Or ever, if I had my way." And Lily just like smirks and rolls her eyes and says, oh, "I miss you too." Like what? What a champ! She's well, just and, you know, and I feel like she's speaking for the audience at that point too because. Here in episode 16, we haven't heard from, like, normal Chuck in, like, five episodes, it feels like. He hasn't right. spoken in his normal cadence in weeks now for us because he's just been – he's usually had a whisper. But in the past three or four, he's just been, like, dying or coked up or drugged out or, like, sad. He's just been, he's been through a whirlwind of emotions, and it's good to see him finally back to his, like, quote-unquote normal self. Yeah, well, he's like – Enough of this shit. Let's let's come on, come on. And he finally is going to break out of his shell and go go back to old Chuck a little in this in this episode. And he may still be pissed at Lily right now, but he knows that she can help him, and so he's able to put their differences aside for the good of both of them. And you know that's what the best strategic schemers are able to do. You gotta love it. And the amazing thing about Lily too, um, the best best character in the the entire show, Um, she is just doing it for (laughs) like the love of. Chuck, she she has really no real like self gain here. She's just trying to do it to be yeah. a good mother figure. Yeah, Chuck's doing it for the love of the game, and Lily's doing it for the love of Chuck. <laughs> for the love of Chuck. The love of Chuck. Um, Claire and her minions are in the courtyard with Serena here, and this is what I was saying. It's a little confusing here. It's Yale is just apparently sending out an email to everyone at the same time, and it just says like, "Congratulations, you've been accepted." I- I'm surprised Yale isn't just like sending out a gossip girl blast at this point. Like they they want to be this hip school that is is just <laughs> like I don't know about you, but when I got accepted to college, I feel like I got like a big like letter in the mail, not just like yeah, it was like a bigger envelope. email sent on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Wait, they um, want they want to give uh, Serena a press release. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll get we'll get to that lady who calls <laughs> Serena, maybe my MVP of the episode. <laughs> We uh, we see that Serena gets in. Blair tries to get away with, I'm sorry, I simply can't read it. The font's too small. I have to check it on a real computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, a relic of like the, the mid to late 2000s where now it's like, it would just seem preposterous, right? Blair would have to come up with a totally different excuse. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good is this excuse? Like, she gets busted immediately, so it can't be that good, I guess. Not great. I, I appreciate the effort, given that she has, like, zero time to come up with anything <laughs> yeah. else and is also, like, emotionally devastated, but... <laughs> yeah, that's so. She does try. I simply cannot read it. <laughs> yeah, But it doesn't matter if the excuse is good or not, because all of a sudden, the balls on Nelly Yuki here, who we, we've never seen her do something like this, as she reaches across the table and grabs the phone out of Blair's hands and reads to everyone that Blair has been waitlisted. It says it in bold. I don't know where this came from. I don't know. She really Yuki. has gotten the balls. Like, as of the past few episodes, she's she even, like, looks better in this episode as far as, like, the way she's dressing now. She's dressing like oh, wow. a minion. She's, like, she's really upgraded herself, and uh, she doesn't let Blair talk to her like the way she did earlier in the episode. Looks like Brendan's got a little crush on Nelly Yuki. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I love glasses. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to uh, Lily had some glasses on. This <laughs> oh, episode. you know I knew that. <laughs> so to, to make things worse, Dan comes over super excited that he got in. And then I like when Dan asks if Serena got in. Serena's like, nope, I got wasted just like Blair. Super, super subtle there from Serena. <laughs> and she turns um, around and looks at her. Yeah, and we also get some great Leighton Meester screaming as Blair <laughs> says she needs to see the headmistress right now. <laughs> I, anytime she screams, I love it. It's my favorite. And again, like 
I, I would be just as surprised as Blair. Like, she's obviously very entitled and thinks that she should get, just get into Yale just because. But, like, what happened with her great babysitting job and, and the personal letter and everyone saying that Yale needs a, a girl like Blair? What happened? No, it, it is ridiculous that she's waitlisted, and I'm mad for her, too. So I'm, I'm totally you. on her side for being this angry. It's, it shouldn't be this hard. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Team Blair. Maybe we can convince Dom to be Team Blair Maybe. by the end of the episode. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> no, I guess no. <laughs> um, we uh, we go to Chuck and Lily's scheming session here, and Chuck is here to appeal to Lily's twenty percent stake in Bass Industries. But like we were saying, Lily only cares about Chuck and his well being. Even if Chuck has been a uh, a dick to her recently, she even asks him to move back in. And uh, Chuck says he's not interested in a family reunion or assuaging Lily's gift, guilt over her, his father's death. He just wants to know if she's interested in the cause. And Lily basically says yes, but, like, Chuck, cut the shenanigans here. Like, it turns out that Chuck has come to the right person because this is Lily's forte. She's like, all right, here's how the grown-ups handle it. You need the board. I've got some say with them. And when we're done, maybe you can move back in. Uh, Brendan, did, did you think this would end with a, uh, with a happy reunion finally? I mean, it sort of did because it, it it gives both of them what they want, right? It gives yeah. Chuck what he needs, and it gives Lily a little bit of peace of mind. Yes, and uh, also, yeah, so I'm sure that you were realizing at this point, Dom, that Chuck is also somehow uh, related to this family as well. I, I slowly piece this together over the course yeah. of the episode, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Um, so Blair wants to know what happened here. Dean Barraby said that Yale could use a girl like her, and... Um, She's talking to Queller here, and immediately I said that this looks like she's being played by a different actor. And wouldn't you believe it that, according to IMDb, as of this episode, Jen Maxwell takes over the role of headmistress Queller from Linda L. Wow. So good for me for being able to spot that immediately, that this was a different actor. So is is headmistress Queller like a handsome Dan then when one of them dies and the next one just steps <laughs> yeah, into their shoes? Just, like like <laughs> just takes the name headmistress Queller. Yep, exactly. The only reason why that new actress is there because the previous one did die. <laughs> there was a we don't talk about that we don't talk about <laughs> yeah, that no, no, no. um and then she also says something like absurd she's like listen dean barabee assured me that if the student they've accepted turns them down you're next in line like it is insane to me that first of all yale told queller this for some reason <laughs> and it's weird that she turns right around and tells blair and then like also, it's still insane to me how the just the admissions process at Yale works, even though I shouldn't be surprised at this point. I, I'm surprised that Queller didn't just tell Blair who it was that got in, because by the end she's like, oh, I can't tell you, you who well, it was. Yeah. But, yeah, but she does say, like, oh, I'm not talking about Dan, but, but I will tell you no, who I am yeah. talking about. <laughs> well, I also feel like it's not that hard to figure out. It's probably the girl right. who they hold an entire press conference to celebrate yeah. their admission for, right? right. Yeah, remember. Like, are they remember turning that person away? Like, remember the whole reason you and Serena were fighting to begin with? Maybe, maybe Serena's the one that, that got in. And why can't Yale just let both Blair and Serena in if they want them both? What? Why are we putting up with this charade of waitlisting Blair? I don't. I really don't know. It's stupid. And do they... Like, I've never been waitlisted, obviously, because I only... What a least, brag. <laughs> yeah. I never got into college. Um, <laughs> but um, do they, like, actually tell you what number on the list you are like is it like you're no, online for brunch on like, like an app yeah i don't think it was like when uh when i wanted to go to italy and and they said no and then mr rosillo said don't worry you're first on the wait list all you have to do is uh threaten someone not to go and that's exactly what i did <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> um yeah i don't think they tell you like where you are on the wait list or right. if that's even how it works like much like you i've never been waitlisted. i was five I mean, for five would that even would that even be legal like can you do that no, <laughs> i don't think so. 
<laughs> well, because so, then it like it motivates Blair to like murder people if she knows she's like right. 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 I mean, that, like, that that would be an amazing spread off, right? It's just Blair rolled up like hunting down all the people ahead yeah. of her on the list, like the, an actual list, list, an actual murder it's, list. Yeah, it's called the wait list, and it's just every it's episode Blair it's a good screenplay. checks someone off the list and murders them. <laughs> it's really good. But, but see, Maddie, you, you figured out how to to break the game here. You applied for five different schools as opposed to. Some people in this episode, who shall remain nameless, who only apply to Yale, and that's it. Really putting all their eggs in one basket. I don't know what went wrong. I only applied to Yale and nothing else. It's just so, so crazy. But I, like, not even surprised that Blair did that, but an insane move. It is. Um, so Queller basically tells Blair, like, just keep up your GPA and you're going to get in. And if only Blair was capable of, like, writing something out like that. But I guess it would be a much more boring show if Blair just didn't always have to take matters into her own hands right away. <laughs> right, because um, that's, that's not who she is. Yeah. Serena's telling her new best friend, Miss Carr, that she got into Yale. Um, all of a sudden, Miss Carr is her most trusted confidant. She's been her teacher for, what, a week? Like, this is something she can't tell Blair, she can't tell Dan, but she is going to tell Miss Carr. And uh, Carr basically tells Serena, like, stop giving a shit about other people and... Uh, do you even want to go to Yale? And according to Serena, Miss Carr is the first person to ever ask Serena if she wants to go to Yale. And uh, see, she know. that's elite social game right there. Just fig- yeah. picking up what people are putting down, <laughs> listening to them, empathizing with them and their needs, connecting with them on that level, just unparalleled. That's why she is an icon. Wow. For now, in this one episode. Oh, and no, no, you know, you, no statement about the future. If you go even <laughs> further, too, she's trying to push her out and make sure she doesn't go to Yale so she can get with Dan. Is that you think that this was all part of her plan? I think it's all part of her plan. <laughs> wow! So you, again, yeah, you're thinking she's game. she's subtly trying to convince Serena not to go to Yale, knowing that it will cause a rift between Serena and Dan. Yes, so that Rachel can swoop in at the art gallery cafe. Yep, she's going to be a student teacher at Yale. Or give him that look. Season, I bet you. Wow! Oh my God! You're writing the next season already. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second that yeah, Serena so, is friendly with another woman on the show, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a rift between the two of them, and she's going to try and get with Dan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole thing. He's he had a horny eyes for her the second she came on screen. He did. He did. He really did. And uh, Serena, to answer the question, doesn't know if she wants to go to Yale, and she's worried that that uh, Yale is here for the wrong reasons. Imagine Yale begging you to come to their school, and you're like, I didn't, I don't know. I just feel like their intentions aren't true. I, I don't think I'm not feeling Yale. Um, during this scene, uh, Serena and Miss Carr, they're kind of just like fully. I don't know if you noticed this. They're like fully staring at each other and walking sideways through the hallway. I was surprised they like didn't bump into someone. It was <laughs> I didn't in- notice insane. that. Now. <laughs> it was very strange to watch. <laughs> um, and that's when Blair comes over to complain to Serena about someone from Constance getting into Yale. Uh, clearly, she has not put together the pieces yet that it's Serena because she thinks it's Nella Yuki. And right away, I love how dismissive she is of Miss Carr. She literally just like rolls her eyes at her teacher, does not give her the time of day. Uh, Blair tells Serena she's surprised they didn't want to accept the it girl, Serena Vanderwoodson. And Serena is already deep in her patented web of lies. I mean, she's going to come clean soon. Uh, but you'd think Serena would learn by now. Although I do like that at least she's doing it to not hurt Blair's feelings this time. But Serena just cannot help but lie about everything. Right. She's just not good at it either. Always gets caught up in it too deep. Yep. I like uh, when Blair calls Dan a financial idiot. I thought that was a pretty inspired insult. <laughs> it was good. She's used that yeah, before. I've never heard people. that one before. She walks around yeah, the financial school a- saying that to everybody. Financial idiot. Yeah, that was, that was good. I like that one. Um, so... Blair notices something and storms off. I believe this is when she's noticing uh, the grade on her paper. Uh, in the meantime, Serena gets a call from Shirley at Dean Baruby's office. And 
and I, maybe Dom, you can shed some light on this, but Shirley sounds like someone who is either like parodying or doing an offensively terrible British accent. Like she sounded like a <laughs> sounded like a comedy Bang Bang character. So, like she honestly sounded like Paul F. Tompkins doing his Andrew Lloyd Webber impression. Like what on earth was that choice for so Shirley accent, from then. Dean Baruby's office? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's like six degrees of an actual British person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, just like, I want to know if I can issue a press release that says Serena will be joining Yale's freshman class in the fall. <laughs> Would you mind, Miss Vanderwoodson? Like, what is Shirley doing here? Very, I, I've been told very, uh, I sound like um, I'm always doing an impression of a dumb person. Well, right. That is just people that, that uh, are politely telling you yeah. that you are dumb. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad we could uh, hash that out here. So... Lily is meeting with one of the board members here, and he's already pissed at Jack for running the company, and he wants it to be Lily, but he says that short of proving Jack's negligence, there's nothing that they can do. And uh, he's again, a bad Jack, job so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have guessed that until this episode. Literally, immediately, he's running this company into the ground. He's also just being his typical gross asshole self, and like Lily is always a badass, but she's pretty much just like tells him when he walks in, like, yeah, we were just talking about how much you suck at running this company. <laughs> yeah. <And> that, <laughs> Jack is just being a little shit and like hitting on Lily and blocking her when she tries to leave. Some uh, some foreshadowing for the end of the episode. But Lily, not intimidated, and obviously this is not even going to be uh, the worst of it as we get further and further along this episode. Yeah, she just she crushes it. I mean, both sides of the coin here. Like when she's in business mode, she's just awesome, and when she's in Rufus mode, she's. I mean, I wish it was me instead of Rufus, but she's also awesome in that respect as well. Right. Yeah. Make, making uh, a, making you. one of the worst characters on, on television better. It's true. I love how everyone we have all just turned completely turned. Completely on turned. He's the worst. He's the worst. Besides, um, Vanessa, Vanessa hasn't had enough screen time to be as bad as Rufus. He's just had too much. So maybe maybe this will be his his rise with Lily here and uh, Vanessa. If she gets more screen time, will get worse again. But right now, I might yeah, have Rufus you know, lower than her. Yeah, you know, Vanessa only had like three lines this episode, and none of them were really that no, terrible or no. annoying. So like, just on that alone, like one of Vanessa's best episodes. So. Right. Um. Blair confronts Miss Carr, and th this has to be very scary for Miss Carr because, like, Blair is my height, but she's still towering over this woman and, like, grabbing her by the arm and, like, yanking her down the hallway. And all because Miss Carr had the audacity to give Blair a B. And Blair's pissed. She explains that uh, second semester seniors get a free pass and that Constance wants the students to get into the best colleges and that uh, Queller would not like what Miss Carr is doing here. But Miss Carr does not back down. Uh, she says, maybe in time I'll get in trouble for not inflating grades like everyone else, Miss Waldorf, but until then, I'll give them based on merit. And uh, Blair tells her that she needs to keep her GPA perfect to get into Yale, and Carr's like, well, you should have thought about that before. So whose side are we on for this one? I, I Dom, you, you are Mitchell Carr's biggest fan, so I guess you are, you're still Team Carr here. I figured as the teacher of the three of us, you would also be uh, in I will shed some light on my, on my view as a teacher here. But uh, Brendan, whose side are you on? I'm, again, a huge on Blair's side. I have had a similar conversation with Mr. Tan of AP Physics. And, uh, well, my th well, my listen here. You know how it would go. The, uh, the third Mr. semester. Who famously, Mr. Tan, who famously refused to curve any of the AP uh, Physics exams until I dropped the class. Yes. And also told you to kill yourself that year. Well, yes. <laughs> Indirectly, of course, but it was pretty well. Yeah, you should just kill yourself. <laughs> you said that your that physics was your life, and he said that you should probably kill yourself. It was a pretty funny dig. Uh, but yeah, I, really the third semester <laughs> of uh, the, like the third quarter, rather, um, I stopped caring because I had already gotten into college. And uh, from what you hear going into senior year, 
quarters three and four don't matter because they stopped keeping track of all that stuff. But I still didn't want to fail, and I think I got like a a fifty nine uh, that quarter in in physics. And he, I like, can you just like not fail me? He's like, sorry, that's the way it goes. I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. Gotta fail you. Um, yeah. So now, now as a teacher, as Dom pointed out here, I, I, I do see where Blair is coming from, and also Miss Carr is being a little shit, like classic, new, <laughs> classic new teacher syndrome, where she just wants to prove that she's better than the students now, so she goes way too hard. I mean, like you said, Brendan, Blair's kind of right. Like, it's not even just this school. Literally, in every school, second semester seniors don't do shit. It literally just happened in the school I was student teaching at, and I sure as hell was not telling them to put more effort into their pointless right. work after they already got. Because we've college. been there like, before, we know how it goes. Blair is trying to get into. And she was Yale. just there most and, recently. She just she's been saying how recently she was there, so she should know how it's supposed to go. Yeah, that's true. But and Blair, Blair, listen, Blair is no slouch here. She's not like you failing AP physics. Right. She has clearly worked so hard for three and a half years in high school to get yeah, like, to, this to point. a point where a B is, is like a huge detriment to her GPA. I mean, how I'm sure the paper was fine, but what is Miss Carr getting out of giving her a worse grade to possibly affect Blair's literal dream from coming true? Like the feeling that she's standing up to a teenager. Congrats, Carr. When Blair's taking online classes at Western Governors University next year, I hope you feel good <laughs> about taking a stand. Yeah. So, so I hate her, even, even though we both have the same profession. <laughs> Obviously, if Blair was my student, she'd be getting straight A's no matter what. No questions asked. There we go. I'm with you. Just of being iconic, is that the? <laughs> that's what would be on the report card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No letter grade, just write the word iconic. Blair walks in and all I'm like, she's handing me whatever paper she's handing me, and I'm just like, slay. All right, great, A plus, <laughs> you did it, nailed it, iconic, great job. <laughs> so now Blair sees Serena. She starts crying that she just lost Yale, and uh, she doesn't know what to do because she didn't apply anywhere else, which is fucking insane, and. Serena sees how hurt Blair is, and it seems like she is going to turn down Yell for her, which I also don't have a problem with. Like, once again, we have established this is not Serena's dream. This was never her dream, and she can go anywhere else. Um, it's not like Blair is manipulating her or anything, because she doesn't even know that Serena has gotten to Yale. And Serena's just being a good friend to her best friend. And you know what? Guess what? If she really doesn't want to go there, then she can turn them down, let Blair get her spot, and I have a feeling if she called them up literally the next day and said she changed her mind, another spot would magically open oh, up Oh, definitely. For her. Right. I think you could you could both win here if you really wanted to. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't think absolutely. she does at all. She doesn't seem to care about Yale and is just doing it because she's being pushed towards it. And it's really, her heart belongs to Brown um, for whatever reason. I don't know. Do you remember at this point in like the college, uh, like this, this, this sort of like decision-making process, if you felt a certain way towards a certain school, like – based on the school itself or was it just like you want to go to Albany because your friends were going to Albany like, like their schools don't really have a personality to me like they're making it out I never me. wanted to to go to Albany I always wanted to go to Penn State and then switched up literally two days before decision day when my mom was like yeah so Penn State really expensive you sure you want to do that and I was like oh god I yeah, guess you're right a good point. and she was right but like the, she was right the, the between like say Yale and Brown like what they, they make it seem like Brown is this hippie dippy school where Serena's gonna be having she's gonna <laughs> yeah, be doing yeah. like and stuff. And like Yale is like so hoity toity, but like they're just they're both fucking Ivy Leagues. Like what what is the real personality difference? Listen, as someone who uh never had a chance of getting into any Ivy League schools, I really did not examine the personalities of each right. one. So I really can't tell you. I don't know. I mean people you just get drunk at all of them. Yeah, I, I, exactly. to, to me, the only personality that Brown has is just that that Simpson scene where Lisa's just repeating Brown over and over again. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it, maybe this is another uh, cultural difference, maybe where 
Um, from the outside, it always seemed like certain schools in the US were like very much known for certain things or certain programs or uh, like this one's a party school, this one's more of an academic school, that kind of thing. And I feel like in the UK, that wasn't really the case. And maybe that's just because we don't have that many schools to choose between. But uh, I, I don't know, maybe there's something deeper there too. Right. Wasn't any like articles like in the UK, like 50 best party schools in in the UK or whatever? <laughs> uh, well, if you uh, open your virtual copy of Lad Bible, I'm sure you can find one of those, you know, a, a <laughs> listicle or something to that effect. But uh, for, for the most part, I think we managed to stick with that. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to go to a, a nice party school over in over in the UK. That sounds oh, yeah. like a that, that sounds like, like a like great fun. time to me. Yeah, hang out with Shirley from fucking Dean Baruby's office. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Lily and Chuck, again, Lily says she's ready to get dirty, which I, I bet you love to hear, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I recorded that on my phone, that, that little segment of audio. <laughs> so I could replay it whenever I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, we, we laugh, but I do love this team up, this Lily-Chuck team up here. And um, this is also when uh, Lily puts on her glasses. I have to ask you, Brendan, how did you feel about your girl Lily and her glasses? Oh, my God. I mean, do you? <laughs> how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I famously have said that literally everyone is hotter with glasses on, so I, I have true. to imagine that this is... I, I've been on such that's a what campaign. I'm always like, I, I know you you agree with me on this because you do this thing that I want to do where you wear fake glasses often. Um, but I've been on Even this, though I don't need glasses. You, right. and, which I, is I funny because I... You have better vision than me you, and I don't even need them. It's funny that you say that you want to do this because I got that idea from you. I know. Well, I, I did it... Uh, like, like I kind of let people know that they were fake and I would wear like the most obvious fake glasses being like the ones that you used to get at 3d movies and i would pop the lenses out <laughs> and they just looked absurd it looked like the six flags guy um but you still looked hotter i, I looked much better i think it just for people with like schnozzes like mine it really covers up the whole thing and lately i've been i've been just like you know what i, wish, I just want to like start poking myself in the eye so i could I'd use some get some glasses i don't know <laughs> i don't think that's how it works but all right <laughs> dom how's your vision not good i gotta tell you uh, so you're a hunk but i what was that? So you're a hunk because you need glasses. Sure. Well, well, yeah. Well, I, I have glasses. I, I don't know if they really suit me or if, you know, they enhance my appearance at all, but they help me see better. So that's, uh, you know, function over form now, I guess. I'm sure you're very ugly without glasses and you're a total babe with them. <laughs> and that, that, that's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be the new Twitter bio. <laughs> ugly without glasses, total babe with them. <laughs> so... Lily knows that uh, they can't really do anything illegal with Jack here, but they can try to find some dirt on him. They're not having any luck. So Lily is also still just going to try to reconcile with Chuck. And she says that she's glad at the very least that this is bringing them back together. And I like when Chuck tells her that if they can't think of anything else to check out number 26, which is crash Jack in plane. And they both share a nice chuckle. Over yeah, they that. both just laugh. <laughs> uh, killing Jack in a plane. That's funny. <laughs> Goodbye. Good but Lily, yeah, Lily kind of ruins it here. She gets a phone call from Rufus and they discuss the opera. And like, I don't know, it is wild that not only is Lily bringing Rufus to the opera, like optics be damned. Like everyone who says the optics are bad here is completely right that she's bringing a man out less than a month after her husband yeah. just died. But also to just take the phone call in front of Chuck does seem kind of like callous here. Who like she's been desperately trying to repair their relationship she knows how he feels about her relationship with rufus and like i understand chuck's frustration here so um dom if you didn't catch this uh chuck 
kind of feels that L- Lily uh, killed his dad. Not not really, but he kind of blames her for the whole thing because of her uh, relationship with Rufus. And like, I don't know, Lily couldn't wait a few minutes to call Rufus back after she was done talking to Chuck. Yeah, well, you, you know what they say, right? Like losing one husband is a tragedy and losing two is careless. And then I, I don't know what becomes of the third husband here. And <laughs> maybe there are more after this. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but uh, we certainly seem to be headed in that direction because we have a uh, how many seasons of this show in total uh, there are six seasons in total and if you're keeping track at home yeah i wish and if you're keeping track at home lily has had uh four husbands so far for, and this is in uh and this is midway through the second season right she had three she she had been divorced three times when the show starts and then Bart was her fourth husband, and he is recently dead. So uh, okay, I mean, I, 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 I'm no math teacher, but you, you can uh, you, you can do the math. There. <laughs> yeah, I am a math teacher, and I can do the math. There. So <laughs> this is a math show, uh, and th- this is first and foremost a math show. So again, Chuck is obviously like, being rude about this, but again, I, I get where he's coming from. He's like, you say you want a family, but then why are you parading around your mistress a literal month after your husband died? And so Chuck leaves, and it seems like their progress has been squandered, which is which is a shame. Right. It, it, like, the wound is still a little fresh with, with Chuck. But like, I, I also commend Lily here for just like not trying to hide it here or at the, the ball itself. And from day one, when this all happened, she never planned on just like ditching Chuck. And she's like, she's always kind of been like, hey, Chuck, no matter what happens, like, I still want you to be a part of it. Like, I think like on the day of the funeral, she's she's been saying that since then. So she's always meant it. And it's not just like her trying to uh, be free of guilt. She has always just tried to be motherly to Chuck, which is always funny. We always make make fun because she was uh, not the best mom to her own children. She seems to be great yeah. for everybody else, but yeah, whatever. She's making up yeah, for she, it now. She loves mothering everyone yeah. except for her own biological children. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anyone else she is there for, but God, Serena and Eric need anything, and she is she is too busy for them. They're all cooks now. Um, they're, they're done. They're, they figured it out. They're and, adults. You know, and somehow that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so Dan is talking to someone we've literally never seen before, which gives me the impression that Dan is just going up to random strangers and telling him that he got into Yale. Um, <laughs> and so... He, he sees Serena, calls her over. He's like, "Hey, I want to visit Yale this weekend. We should go to Yale." Like, this is literally one track mind at this point. And <laughs> Serena notices that Blair has her scheming face on, and she's she's right because Blair is doing what she does best, and she is scheming with her minions to get back at um, Miss Carr, who who um, did not even fail Blair. Just gave just gave her a B, mind you. But still, I mean, might as well be failing. And she says, "A new teacher is like a child; it needs to be taught." And then Hazel jumps in and says, and spanked, which begs the question, what is Hazel doing to the teachers at this school? Um, And this is when Serena comes clean, tells Blair that she declined her acceptance and that Blair will get in. And she also knows that they're going to call her in a couple of hours. Like these Yale admissions people will literally just tell anyone anything. (laughs) Yeah, this is is, uh, pretty insane. Is this the same scene where uh, she talks to Dan about it? Dan Dan is there, yes. Dan, Dan is, is there. hearing what she is saying to Blair, and he's reacting as well. But like, so Serena decides to uh, decline the uh, the offer. Like, so she calls Yale decline. I also didn't know it worked like it? this too. Like, I, I thought you applied <laughs> and they accepted you. Why do you have to accept them back? <laughs> no, Serena's offer only. <laughs> I guess so. She calls a decline, and they must have answered with like, oh, what a shame. But all right, then. Blair Waldorf is next on our list, and we are going to call her and tell her that she's in in a few hours. Like, why did, Why does Serena know this? It's like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but they're going to call you at 4.05 p.m. today. Um, so get ready. Act surprised. And 
So D- Dan is surprised to hear this. Uh, Blair Blair delivers another laugh of the episode for me when she says, "You're the constant student," and then she turns to Hazel and says, "Cancel the Nelly Yuki project now." <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I would have loved to see what the Nelly Yuki yeah. project. <laughs> Hopefully, get to see it at some point. That's a poor Nelly Yuki, like opening her locker to like a bunch of poisonous snakes jumping out of her. <laughs> yeah, since day one, like even before Nelly Yuki was ever involved with these minions, like Blair has just been like ruthless to her. I, I hope we get, we, we get some more of this uh, throughout her minion. Tenure. Too. <laughs> so uh, Blair and Dan are both asking Serena why she turned down Yale. And uh, Dan is putting a lot of, I think unfair pressure on her. Like she doesn't want to go. And that that's fine. Like if she doesn't want to go to Yale, right. she doesn't want to go to Yale. So uh, Serena obviously did this to save her new best friend, Miss Carr. that uh, has been teaching her Shakespeare so well that Serena just will, would do anything. Yeah, to I save her. buy that. That she, she loves this <laughs> class so much. Like, Trina doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, what is that? I, I'm so confused. But uh, so she asks Blair if she'll call off the revenge plot. And Blair gives like a little shit-eating grin. But it's basically like, oh, there's no point to get revenge on her now. And, you know, if only Blair could mean that. But we, we know that's not in Blair's Blair's blood, I guess. Uh, and she has to see this through. Um, let's, let's jump to what I'm sure is everyone's favorite storyline of the episode, Nate and Vanessa. And as I said, we are halfway through the episode and Vanessa is just appearing. And um, I feel like if we need to have Vanessa in episodes, I kind of like that she's not in the first half at all. Like, this is what I was saying. Just just leave her out yeah. if they don't have anything for her to, to do today. Yeah, she can and, come off the bench. Um, Dom, as a new watcher, I have I, we, we usually ask this with everyone because Vanessa is a very polarizing figure here. How did you feel about Vanessa? Your friend Colin Stone is famously her biggest fan. Well, in that case, I hate her. I don't know what, what she's doing here. It's a uh, worst character on the show, a truly repulsive person. I'm sure the actress who plays her is, is uh, an awful uh, witch as well. <laughs> wow. And that is non-ironically how me and Brendan also feel. But I'm sure Jessica Zor is a lovely person with a competing podcast, so I mean, maybe not so much. But um... No glasses, though. <laughs> But yeah, we we are big Vanessa haters here. There is a, I, I think most people are Vanessa haters, even though she doesn't do my, many hate-worthy things in this episode. But there is a, a small contingent led by Mel Sullivan and Colin Stone the, of the uh, Vanessa Defenders. So um, glad, you, glad you're on the right side of history, though, Dom. Thank you. Um, so Nate and Vanessa they're like giggling with each other and before Nate can ask Vanessa if she wants to go to the opera Vanessa invites him to the opera she got some shitty nosebleed seats but she was able to get them all on her own and uh, Nate very smooth here he just puts his tickets away and he's like oh there there was no reason I invited you out today I just wanted to see you and I feel like uh, this scene at least another good moment for your guy Nate Brendan continuing his great role as a sixth man of the year yeah he really is he's he's a great pinch hitter what can I say and uh, not a bad look for Vanessa either in this scene I, I hate to say I do hate this. I hate to hear you say it. Um, Literally, I, I hated saying that. How how did Nate get his money back? They explained it briefly, but I don't remember how. As soon as, like, again, I don't know if this is how it works, but as soon as Nate's dad turned himself in, the FBI was like, "Okay, your right, assets are frozen you, now. You could have them all back." There you go. But they didn't. They didn't put the electricity back on. That was the only thing. <laughs> okay. Remember, Nate was like, "So we have all our money again, but we still have no electricity." Like, well, that's what the money's for, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, um, Eric and the Humphreys and Jenny also finally in this episode. Thank God. I believe this is her only scene here, which is a, very much a shame. But Eric is trying to teach Rufus about the opera that they're seeing, which very cute. Uh, who knew that Eric was such a who diehard knew? opera fan? But like, he clearly knows his stuff. Even yeah, though he, I, I, he apparently read the calendar about anything. Yeah. 
and Rufus is literally reading opera for dummies and uh, Eric's giving him pointers and stuff to bring up. Uh, he calls the magic flute opera for amateurs. And, uh, you know, Brendan, maybe for a bonus podcast, we should uh, see the magic flute and recap it on the pod. <laughs> can, we know sit, where, can we sit in that little box seat and make out the whole time, too? <laughs> yeah, yes. Do you even know where the opera is performed? I have no I idea. Have no I, I, don't think, I don't think you can just go to, like, Madison Square Garden. Mm, I, don't, yeah, I don't think so, either. I also like that Eric brings up a uh, German Klaus in this scene. I've I've missed German Klaus. I've I've missed him dearly. <laughs> so uh, Jenny also steps in, gives Rufus a pep talk, basically just says to be himself. But Rufus and Eric both are like, no, no, nope. nope, I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Jenny, you have no idea what you're talking about. In this instance, um, not how it's gonna go. <laughs> so um, Blair and her minions again. I, I love that Blair literally has Penelope and Isabel sit on either side of her so she can manufacture an angel devil on the shoulders moment. She's <laughs> such a queen for this one like uh, something that they do relatively often exactly like because they they know that the devil is the uh that that's the role that everyone wants to play <laughs> Blair's like one of you pretend to be my angel one of you pretend to be my devil right now and isabel's the angel here penelope i feel like obviously is the devil because she is the, She's the most just uh, satanic person, person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but isabel hates having to play the angel and she quits after a little bit so um this is kind of shitty from blair like i know like she is gonna say she can't help it, but Serena was literally just a good friend to her. She turned down Yale specifically so Blair could get in, and the only thing she asks of her is to lay off Miss Carr, and like Blair cannot even do that for her. Yeah, very, very unnecessary. Everything's gone right for you. <laughs> just stop. But I guess she's too giddy and she gets excited, and this is what she likes to do in her free time. Yeah, and we'll see if Karma comes around to bite Blair for this one. We'll see. We will see. No spoilers, but we'll see. Um, so Blair calls Miss Carr, tells her she wants to apologize. She invites Carr to dinner with her family and then to the opera. And, um, first of all, red flags immediately. Why would, why is Miss Carr believing this, this fool? Then also, like, why does she accept this invitation in the beginning? Like, to begin with, she's weird. Like, if it's, if, as a teacher, if a student ever invited me to (laughs) dinner with them and their family and then to the (laughs) opera, I would probably quit and start looking to work in another school. I'd be like, that's a really weird request. (laughs) Like, and again, I'm surprised she even wants to go to the opera, but I guess this has been a, a passion of hers. And so I like Blair hangs up and they all just laugh and laugh and laugh at stupid Miss Carr. Like, and they just, <laughs> even when you think they're done laughing, they just start laughing again. I mean, imagine if, if you'd said yes too. like you would feel so stupid if you like, oh, sh- you know what? I should have realized it was a it was a student that asked me out on a date. Why did I show up? <laughs> Yeah, that's Rumpful. just so embarrassing for yeah. Miss Carr. No, no wonder Miss Carr like tries to get Blair kicked out of Yale after that. <laughs> um, so everyone's at the opera now, which is the big event of the week here. And Rufus and Lily, they're already planning out their itinerary for when Dan goes to Yale and Serena goes to Brown. Uh, notably, once again, not asking Serena if she wants to go to Brown, just kind of like assuming that since she's not going to Yale, she is going to Brown. Um, but uh, apparently that's where Serena wants to go, as she'll say later. But uh, and then Chuck enters, and he and Lily just kind of exchange knowing nods. So we kn- we know something plans are plans are in flux between between uh, them. Yes, that that knowing nod that you love to see. Um, we also get a nice nervous Rufus in this. I, I don't think this the studying with Eric did him so well. No, not not at all. He, even if they were seeing magic flute, he would definitely uh, uh, not do well here. No. Uh, Nate and Vanessa are also here. And Dan's very glad to see them so he can get away from the nightmare that is Rufus and Lily in love. And, you know, Brendan, we've waited this whole time for Rufus and Lily to get together. And now that it's pretty much happening, what what do we think? I mean, one, I think, well, 
two thoughts. Before you get into that, I was going to say, do you like Nate's hair? The um, slick back. I, I mean, I don't. I don't hate it. Okay, it's fine. But I, on that same note, I think it, if Lily and Rufus are now together, the least he could fucking do is do something with that shaggy mop on his head for the fucking <laughs> yeah. opera. He looks like an idiot. Yeah, Rufus looks. Rufus looks like a fucking. Uh, I don't even know. I. Uh, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. <laughs> no what he looks like. He, he looks. He looks there, like I mean, a you dirty can comment on it later, but like, if, I don't. I, I don't think he's appreciating her enough. Yeah, he, he just needs to uh, to wear some glasses on, and he'll be fine. <laughs> that would, exactly, that would actually be it. a pretty good look. You look but like a director. Like, clean yourself up a little bit. I get it. Like you want to like rebel against high society and like uh, not. I don't know, wear a suit out or whatever, but I mean, come on, Rufus, try a little bit. But, I mean, at yeah, this point, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna dip your toe in and go all the way in, baby, like you, you know, you're trying to understand how this culture works by reading up on the opera, reading opera for dummies. Just do your hair. You know what? I completely agree. Um, and so when Dan's talking to Nate, he kind of spoils the secret that Nate has a box here, and Nate tries to save it and be like, "Oh no, no, we we actually have uh, tickets in the third tier." And Dan, who used to be such an outsider, he's the one giving the, the little like, "Oh yeah, yeah, third tier is great." Kind of like with a little judgment there. Like, um, I don't I don't know if that's how it was supposed to come off, but that's that's kind of how I read it there, where, where Dan was like, "Oh yeah, third third tier is great. I'll I'll see you guys in my in my first tier box seats." Wow. So. I didn't. Even, I didn't pick up on that that sort of tone, but what a snooty little fuck he is. <laughs> and maybe I was just reading into it, but uh, Vanessa's smart enough to realize that something's going on now, and Nate comes clean that there there might be some other seats available to them if they want them. And uh, more on that riveting storyline later. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire payoff is that they go and sit down in the better seat. <laughs> when the climax of your story is that they choose where to sit, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that one was worth it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lily and Rufus bump into Jack, and uh, Jack says, "Oh, who's your lucky escort? Someone you picked up at the funeral?" Which is, I, I, I hate Jack, but a very gr- a great dismissive jab at Rufus there. <laughs> but Lily, yeah. Lily confidently introduces him as the man she's seeing, and uh, this also, Brendan, the the return of Paul- Pauletta Cho. Is there any chance you remember her, Brendan? No chance. That's what I figured. But head of publicity for Bass Industries, she was in the. Uh, all the way back in the Victor Vitrola episode when she dropped by to see the burlesque club and Chuck oh, thought wow. there was something going on between her and Bart. I remember when we recorded that episode, I was looking at IMDb and I said, this is somehow not the last time we are seeing her. I have no idea what, what other episode she's in. What's the point of bringing her back for that scene? I can't believe they got the same actor to play this part a year and a half later. They, they like, they couldn't her. even get Queller to stick around. <laughs> but they, well, Paul she let it show, well, yeah, in a role that we didn't really need her for. She's just here for no reason. No. Even like her lines are unnecessary. They could have cut that whole thing out. They're, I think they're just filling yeah. time. Honestly, like, and we'll get I mean, to it like in like after our final thoughts and all that stuff. But I, I feel like a lot of this episode was like filling the forty-five minute time. Why else bring they, they just... Roman and, and Harold? Back? <laughs> they're perfect, perfect example. So random. Like, um, so Jack and Lily obviously very cold to each other, and uh, Rufus finds out they aren't at the magic flute, and. Now, gotta blame Rufus here. Like, how do you not know what opera you're going to see? I, I understand that, like, first of all, I guess also how did Eric get this wrong? But I get that he read the calendar wrong, apparently. But you gotta double check this. Like, like uh, you gotta be on top of this, Rufus. It's, again, it's just the, the lack of uh, lack of caring about where they're going. If he really wanted to impress her, he should have double checked what opera they were seeing. And, um, you know, he, it's his own fault, I have to say. Yeah, especially if you're this nervous about it. And so, 
some guy asks Lily about some documents, which uh, confuses Rufus. But Lily quickly walks away and tells Rufus and that guy to just talk about opera with each other, which I, I wish we could have stuck around for that conversation. <laughs> I thought we were going to. I thought that that's where this whole plot line was leading to. Was like, are we just going to like watch a scared Rufus like stumble around his words? So uh, the, the, the magic flute, right? <laughs> he pulls out a flute from his pocket and starts playing. <laughs> he has props. Um, <laughs> So Lily has had a breakthrough. She tells Chuck to meet her in 15 minutes and seems very confident that this plan is going to work. And she, she even tells Chuck, she's like, if you don't like what I suggest, then I will never bother you again. So she must be pretty uh, confident there. Uh, more on that later, because first we have to get back to Nate and Vanessa in their nosebleed seats. Oh, yeah. And um, it's making his little jokes about how far up they are. And he's, he's being a goofy about it. But I feel like um, if you're going to do, much like with Rufus, if you're going to dip your toe in here and pretend to do the thing where you're uh, being a poor person to impress Vanessa, then you got to commit to it. Like, you can't you can't say oh we'll go to the nosebleeds and then make jokes. The jokes probably make Vanessa feel pretty bad. I hate defending to Vanessa as much as the next guy, but uh, you know not not the best look. No, you know it's funny. So I don't know if you you thought the same thing, but does the Gossip Girl world think that nosebleeds mean that people cough a lot? <laughs> well, let's get into that because these <laughs> these old ladies okay. sit next to Nate and Vanessa and offer them candy and start coughing up a lung and like snorting. And I mean, this is really Gossip Girl showing us the kind of trash that would sit in the third tier of an all, opera. All of the I New mean, York City's sickly. If you top. ask, if you ask Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. What kind of person would you see in the third tier of an opera? I mean, they are absolutely disgusting. It's a wonder that Nate and Vanessa would ever dare to sit there. The, the disgusting, disgusting people that would dare sit in the third tier of an opera section. Um, how do you think the audition process went for a uh, woman who is disgusting at the opera? <laughs> Brent, Brendan, do you want to read for the role coming in as a woman who coughs yeah, yeah, and yeah, snorts? Sure. I think I think all that they, she had to do was just open up a piece of candy. Like, up, oh, gross, gross, perfect. You're good. <laughs> and she did her own editorializing and just started coughing. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. We should have we should have done uh, this scene for Lonely Boys Theater. Someone could. <laughs> well, there's also disgusting. a lot of physical comedy in that one, so it would have been tough there to is. translate. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, Nate and Vanessa just have to laugh at this, and Anne sits next to an obviously unhappy Serena right now, and. Ben isn't upset that she's going to a different school than him. He's just upset that she pretended she wanted to go to Yale for so long. Um, we believe him. I feel like he's just trying to spin this. I think he is upset that she's not going to yell with him. Yeah, of course he's mad. He's pissed. Uh, is that the impression you got as well, Dom? Yeah, and I think it's a, a fair reason to be upset if uh, not only is, you know, someone who you're very close to in this relationship with uh, essentially lying to you this whole time, but now also there's going to be this, like, actual massive physical distance between you as well you know yeah, I, I didn't I mean, think about it that way like at first i was like fuck you dan for being mad like let her go where she wants to go but i'm, I'm thinking now i'm thinking about it from that point of view where if like you were dating someone in high school and you both got accepted to the same school and then all of a sudden your girlfriend's like actually i want to go to a different school i think you'd be like oh are we are we breaking up because <laughs> like that's like a, we could easily just have like the next four years together and like almost live together uh, so and you want to get to be... as far as possible from me as you can. As far and, as possible, they're, in, they're both in New England. Well, they're in the I, same I was going to say, my, my grasp of New England geography is not great. And after a quick Google search, it's like a 90-minute drive. So it's not that bad. I mean, right. they, they can, and, they can yeah, manage Rufus it. Rufus and Lily were, were planning out, you know, knocking this out on the same trip when they were going to visit. They could visit each other every weekend if I'd they really want like, to. But think about college. Is like, it's like its own little ecosystem. Like, you're, you're there, and that's it. Like, I mean, we've... Going to different going to different colleges, like we visit each other a couple times a year, but like 
even then, like we, you have an entire separate lives. So I think you're going to start banging other people for sure. I mean, maybe I just can't get in the headspace of uh, dating someone in high school, and that's why I, I don't, I can't understand this. But like, yeah, I, this turns into another fight, kind of. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like Dan doesn't want to go. And if four years alone with Serena is so important to you, then maybe I don't know. He should have applied to Brown then, and maybe they could have made that work. I, and, you know, Serena doesn't have to be the one forced into going to Yale when she doesn't want to go. Yeah, I, I, I see it from both sides a little bit. And I hate yeah, to defend I think, Serena. I, I, I kind of get being in that mindset, like when you're 16 or 17 and you think that like yeah, for sure. your high school life is your entire world and your high school sweetheart is going to be the love of your life and you're going to be together forever and, you know, growing old in, in 60 years. But realistically, like most high school relationships end at the point where the, each person has to decide where to go. And it's even when people try to like keep it together through college, it is rare that it works out from what i've witnessed at least and yeah and dan is like just fine like dan has definitely been daydreaming for the last few months probably about how great yale is going to be with serena those four years and to have the shock of her uh telling her like dropping this bombshell on him seemingly out of nowhere um thanks miss Carr, for talking her out of it you know what brandon i'm starting to see your side of things where miss Carr (laughs) is actually the real the real villain in all the root of all evil yeah (laughs) truly uh, you know what? Maybe Dan is actually handling this kind of well for a 17-year-old kid. Right. Um, maybe I'm live on the podcast. I'm turn. I'm turning around here. <laughs> that's, that's right. Thanks I'm just going to blame Miss Carr in- instead. Um, so, yeah. So Serena also is kind of bringing up the uncomfortableness of everyone living together. And, like everyone's just boning each other every night. Looking at you, Rufus and Lily. <laughs> but um, I'm surprised it still works, Rufus, honestly. How old do you think Rufus is? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just hoping he has ED. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, they, I mean, eventually they do get to the point where Dan says, you know, Providence is just a short ride from New Haven, and we just have to push through. And uh, Serena says, you know, Lily and Rufus probably won't work out anyway. It, it, it can never work between them. But uh, it certainly seems that, that it might work, because they're very lovey-dovey when they uh, when they return to Rufus and Lily and, and kind of see them, uh, you know. Professing their love to yeah. each other, pretty and I, much. And I get it. Seriously, um, it's been like how many years of just like teasing and just like almost being there and almost getting together and just like one professing love for another and another one kind of returning the favor and then like just bad timing. And now it's finally they, they, they found their time. And I would be pretty horned up too on either side. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Especially when Lily's wearing those glasses all the time. Oh, man. Just imagine Rufus wearing glasses. What a hot couple. Imagine. I can't stop imagining. Um, so Rufus, uh, comes clean to Lily that he studied the wrong opera. He just wanted to prove that he could exist in both Lily's world and his world. What is Rufus's world? An, an, an empty art gallery slash cafe? Like Rufus doesn't do anything. Yeah, what is this world he's talking world about? to exist in. You just have to stand there. <laughs> like Lily obviously has her upper, like high society world. Rufus has nothing. He, there's no world to exist in for him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he just means like, I, I was hoping that you could see me as, a guy that could bone you and also like be your side. Like you're, you're just like your trophy man. Like that's all. Yeah, he, that's what he should. I think that's, that's, that's their entire relationship. Yeah. He's yeah. He seems like a, a great trophy husband here. Um, Lily obviously, you know, doesn't care that he studied the wrong opera. She's in love right now. And that's when Dan and Serena walk by, see how in love with they are. And uh, the show really is working overtime to prove to us how awkward this situation is. I, I, I really feel like this still isn't a big deal, but like this show is like, Look how weird this is. Look how awkward it is. Everyone is loving each other. 
Yeah, and the more they tried to harp on this and did harp on it, I, I was like, you know what? This is not, this is even less weird than I thought. Like, I, I was thinking about. <laughs> You're like, like Lily. Yeah. Why'd we think this would be weird? This, this is, is so great. easy. Like, I'm thinking I mean, about the is- going on vacation with Nicole's parents, girlfriend of the pod. Um, like, I sort of feel like they're my parents a little bit too. Like, I know them so well at this point. I've been like together with her for eight years. And now, like, her mom and stepdad feel very, like, parental to me. And even when you get married to someone, you're considered, like, their son-in-law or, or daughter-in-law. So, like, you're almost, like, a new part of the family. So, like, if, you, if you're married into a family, then you're the, the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, these other kids. Like, you, now you're one of the siblings that's banging your their sister, if you think about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we eventually got got to that point. Because I, I truly, when you started this monologue, I truly thought you were going to be, like, so they're like my family and I vacation <laughs> with them and when we vacation like they bone all the time and it's not it's not weird at all. Yeah, I meant to get there too. I just got lost. Me and Nicole in the... are boning in one room, they're boning in the other. But yeah, we high is, five each other when it's It's like it is kind of like a you know, father, mother, and then brother, sister sort of thing. It, like hey, thank, you. thank you for explaining. <laughs> and I don't feel weird at all. <laughs> not for nothing though. Like they're rich. Like Serena can like buy an apartment as soon as she graduates high school. She could buy one and now. Her and, yeah, and her and Dan could just live by themselves if they want to. <laughs> That's very true. But you, you got to have the campus life. That's true. It's That's important. True. Um, so where, where were we? We Brendan really just got on his own monologue about how he likes to when his girlfriend's parents <laughs> have sex with each other. <laughs> uh, we, we were, we were right. yeah, yeah. Blair, Blair gets a call from Queller, and uh, Miss Queller apparently called, or Miss Carr apparently called Miss Queller to talk about Blair's grade, and Queller assured her that as long as the rest of Blair's marks are good, then she'll still get an A. And a boy is their egg on Blair's face now. It uh, seems like the old uh, Cyrus way, or as you call him, Clyde, the old Clyde way is the is the way to go here. Like Blair just being nice to her made her actually like want to chair like or change Blair's grade, and it's too bad that Blair isn't wired that way because like take it from clyde you can always scheme to get what you want but it doesn't always have to be evil schemes like if you just kind of scheme and are just like really nice to miss Carr and actually invite her to an opera she's going to want to do something nice in return yeah she fucked this one up it, it's it's this plot for for blair is just like super unfortunate and i feel like it it more so just kind of sets things up for the future where otherwise this could have maybe been like a seized opportunity to show growth for blair but we've sort of done this thing like you said with with cyrus um, where you know she felt bad immediately, and then she was she was duped because he knew that she was scheming, and uh, he knew she would feel bad eventually, and it worked in his favor. But uh, this is a, just another one of those, and uh, it just makes Blair look kind of bad. The thing is, it, it, I feel like this is kind of like a plot hole because Cyrus is just so smart and good with this. I feel like anytime Blair is in a crisis like this, she literally should just call Cyrus and be like, "What should I do?" And I feel like Cyrus yeah, will yeah. be able to fix the problem. <laughs> um, I would like that. Blair immediately knows she has to go and fix the situation now. And uh, she tells Harold and Ramon that she has to go. And Harold just says something in French, which I'm assuming is like, Ramon, why the fuck are we even here right now? Like, what, <laughs> why did we come here to watch oh, an you, opera? You didn't have the subtitles on? That, that is what he said. <laughs> oh, no wonder why. That, yeah. that makes sense. Um, I actually did have the subtitles on, and it just said speaking in French. So it didn't really, didn't really <laughs> okay. help me at all. Um, so Lily introduces Chuck to Bruce Kaplan, the family lawyer. And it turns out, before Bart died, he was going to adopt Lily and Eric. 
No, he was going to adopt Lily. Sorry. He's going to adopt <laughs> Some weird kinky fetish he's got. <laughs> His family tree just keeps getting more fucked up. Okay. Go to your um, room, Lily. <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> oh, man. My abs hurting now. You're making me laugh. <laughs> um, he was going to adopt Serena and Eric. <laughs> and she was going to adopt <laughs> Chuck. Uh, the papers were drawn up and everything, and like conveniently, they've already been signed by Bart. But Lily just didn't get to it in time for whatever reason. What like, do you know? Everything already went through. The only thing that's missing is my signature and your signature. And uh, but now, lucky us, she's ready to adopt adopt Chuck, so that he, um, she becomes his legal guardian. Which means, of course, that since she is the legal guardian, she will be in control of Bass Industries. And uh, Chuck turns to Lily and simply says, "Give me a pen." He just wants to know, uh, her to know that this doesn't make this fam- them family. It just makes them even, even though it does literally make them family. But mm-hmm. Lily is happy either way. And uh, Jack walks by. He's like, what's going on? And Chuck just tells him he lost the company. It's as simple as that. You fool. This, this sort of warms my heart a little bit. I, I like the fact that now uh, Chuck is no longer alone. Oh, yeah. A very, very heartwarming ending between Chuck and Lily, at least. And uh, I, I just can't believe Lily forgot that she was supposed to adopt chuck <laughs> yeah right because we've been doing this uh, with jack for a few probably in real time in the in the show a few weeks she's like if only there was a way someone else could be chuck's legal guardian me perhaps if only bart had already signed a piece of paper saying that that could that could happen you know and- i was thinking about that too because in the moment when when jack tricks chuck into letting him be his legal guardian all it takes is like the whoever's in the room with them uh is like uh, do you sign off on him being your guardian? Just a, just a verbal cue will do fine. And he just says, like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, that's enough for him to be technically his guardian. If Lily could actually bother to show up to the will reading instead of gallivanting well, yeah. Boston with yep. Rufus, maybe she could have put a stop to that. That could have been it. Oh, boy. But uh, we got there eventually. So Blair finds Miss Carr. Um, she sent Miss Carr to a restaurant that was closed and told her the opera started at eight instead of seven. Uh, first of all, pretty tame prank from Blair. I feel like it could have been a lot worse. And uh, she's secondly, not even there to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And secondly, these are once again things that people can easily look up. It, like, is this just a me thing? Am I just an overly paranoid person that I'm checking the times? Like, even if I am, you can never be too paranoid when dealing with Blair. Yeah, if Blair tells yeah. you something starts at eight. Check to see if it starts at eight. Especially for something that you don't normally. Do like if it's like a, a a random event that you're not something that's out of your comfort zone. I would absolutely check the time like four times and still be scared I got it wrong. Right. Oh Blair, this girl that hates me said it starts at eight, so I guess I'll just show up at eight. <laughs> so, uh, Blair, Blair's explanation is like she, she says she just wanted to teach Miss Carr a lesson, you know, to show her who's in charge around here. Like Blair had the whole drive here; she couldn't come up with something better. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so she does tell her that she feels terrible and she was on her way to apologize, even though it's an hour later. And now I, I think Blair comes in with the better excuse, the excuse that I'm always making for her, at least, which is as much as I wish I wasn't, I'm still learning. Uh, it's like you not inflating your grades. I can't not act out against people, but I'm trying. And like, whatever, I'm easily manipulated, but I believe Blair. It's not like you were saying, it's not really a character growth, but she is saying that she's willing to grow, at least. Yeah, well, she said it like it was this like profound thing and then. Miss Carr was gonna be like, "Wow, you know what? I'm I feel so bad for you that you're you're so right." And I, I, you know, I, I completely uh, accept your apology, but like, she doesn't know Blair at all, so she doesn't <laughs> know her tendencies. This is like one of her second, one of you know, first handful of meetings here with this girl, and she's like, 
you're a monster. <laughs> what this? And this, then by the end, <laughs> this little bit that you're you're giving me here doesn't do anything for me. Then by the literal end of the episode, Blair's like, "All right, we're going to war again." <laughs> right. <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> Whatever. It worked on me in the moment. So. Um, Not her best. Bar accepts. Bar expects accepts her apology, but uh, she rebuffs her request to try and find an opera ticket, and uh, she's like, "I'll just see you Monday." And then as soon as Blair leaves, she calls Headmistress Queller to talk to her about something. And uh, listen. Look, maybe Blair didn't give the best speech, but I know that Rachel Carr looks like a child, but she's literally a child here. Just let this go, you 25-year-old loser. For, right. You should not be best friends with Serena and getting in wars with Blair. Is she trying to get on Gossip Girl or something? <laughs> like, Blair did apologize. Just let her go to Yale in peace. What are you gaining from this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that you could you could have just—you don't have to accept the apology, but you don't have to go to the next level. But she does accept the apology, but then she's like, I'll show her. Yeah, she's... Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't like Miss Carr. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You, you, we, we can still be friends. It's fine. All right, All right good. We'll agree to disagree on this important topic here. Um, so, uh, God, Nate and Vanessa in the box. Um, this, once again, pointless Nate and Vanessa story comes to an end with Vanessa admitting defeat, and then they just make out in the box. I, I knew that Nate didn't like operas. He definitely just uses them as an excuse to make out with girls. Definitely. He makes a the comment, box. too, that... In the box. Is the, that Vanessa Abrams and Nate Archibald's box? <laughs> that is for nobody but me. <laughs> <laughs> is that Roger Clemens making out with George Steinbrenner in the box? Uh, he, he makes a comment about the box where, like, it's a perfect place to make out, and then they pan over to, like, show where it is in relation to the rest of the audience <laughs> and it looks like it's almost the worst place to make out like it's it's way it more like in anyone front of could just, that's the one yeah, place you'll see people look up out. yeah just see yeah, if you were like in the nosebleeds like in the back i feel like that's a much better place yeah. to make out right like you're not like right next to some ladies that are coughing uh, on yeah you, I it guess, might get a little good, sticky but... with a little candy but otherwise it's pretty good <laughs> i get yeah i guess if you don't care about people looking at you make out in the box all you want i guess <laughs> right I mean, hey, if that's why they were there, why were the old ladies there? Like, did they were they on some like romantic tryst at the? Uh, it's certainly <laughs> the possible. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, we really Hopefully. don't pick up. We really don't pick up on that uh, on that storyline with the old ladies anymore. It kind of just ends with them uh, doing their coughing fit. Um, so now, speaking of unfortunately, wow, what a segue! We have to get into uh, a very uncomfortable scene oh, with yes. Lily in the bathroom freshening up and uh, Jack storms in and locks the door behind him and Lily tells him you know this is what Bart wanted I'm sorry and she does let him know that she's not scared of him even though he tells her she should be and uh, Jack is high right now and pissed and he once again blocks Lily from leaving the room uh, one of his favorite moves all of a sudden and so uh, Rufus and Dan are talking Rufus finally understands that every high society person is just pretending to understand what's going on he's like finally caught on to that trick and uh he has to go find Lily because he hasn't seen her in a while. And uh, Dan's also going to ask Chuck where Lily is. But I, I like this line because Dan is sometimes incapable of like not being a dick to Chuck because he has to ask Chuck, as much as I hate to ask you anything, have you seen Lily? Like, it is so <laughs> unnecessary, but I love it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, it's, they have the kind of relationship where you have to kind of make the first move because the other one's going to shit on you. Right. If like, if don't. I'm not a dick to this person, he is going to be a yeah. dick in return. Like, I have to... Uh, you know, hold my own here. So Chuck says that she went to the powder room, but that was a while ago, and he realizes the door is locked. And now we're back to Jack and Lily in the powder room. And uh, there's no other way to phrase this, but Jack is going to assault Lily here. 
slams her against the wall first and like gets in her face and starts yelling at her for having the audacity to get one over on him and try to take away his power. And uh, Lily clearly getting scared now. And then Jack just starts like kissing her and she screams no and yells at him to stop. And he's grabbing her neck. And like, it's all so aggressive and disturbing and just like tough to watch. And I get why uh, Charles, not, not Charles Bass, but our good friend Charles Kerr said that his least favorite character is Jack Bass because I mean, this obviously makes Jack completely irredeemable here. It's just so disturbing and fucked up of him. And I'm sure, like, traumatizing for Lily, who has to get put through this just because she had the audacity to, like, stand up to this fragile man's ego. And uh, I I keep saying it, but it's fucked up. And, like, not to compare sexual assaults, but this is not Chuck kissing Jenny at the kiss on the lips party. This is, like, like... uh, Much more aggressive. Yeah, it's very aggressive and just, like very scared not not that i'm sure like jenny was scared in her moment as well like i said not to compare sexual assaults but it's just very like it is so tough to watch here and like luckily chuck shows up just in time and like pulls jack off lily and then punches him in the face too and i'm non-violent by nature but i cannot tell you how happy i was to see chuck hit him in the face it was it's almost it's almost like jack being such an irredeemable piece of shit almost allows the other characters who are flawed i will say in their own ways uh but nowhere near that extreme to kind of come across as more like harmless or even when they're going to pretty extreme lengths in their own like uh feuds with each other it seems so kind of mild and quaint by comparison so it it almost like allows the rest of the show to breathe in a way yeah when you have like someone who is just so like equivocally like villainous like this is like this is the clear villain of the show right here in jack bass like yeah, like you said, it makes everyone look better in comparison. And Chuck's going to have, like, his hero moment as he gets to punch his uncle in the face. And <laughs> Rufus just kind of shows up behind him like, hey, what I miss? <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, Rufus and Lily Still are on the couch the next. <laughs> yeah. It is it's amazing, Lily- though. Like, the, the first two episodes of Jack have been sort of just, like, this guy that wants to run the company and has a lot of good points and makes a lot of sense. It just seems a little weirdly evil and has, like, some... Maybe some some uh, miscolored jokes, and then goes to sexual assault the next episode. Like, An all time downward spiral where yeah. not only is he shown to be like incompetent, and then like also he's like high on cocaine the entire time. Yeah, and then like attempts to rape Lily just all in one all like in one a, a dramatic spiral of the legs I've never seen. <laughs> and God. so. Rufus and Lily are on the couch the next day. Lily holding up very well here. Assures Rufus that she's okay. Uh, Chuck drops by and Rufus leaves, but not before. Rufus shucks, uh, shucks. Rufus shakes Chuck's hand. Is this the literal first time Rufus and Chuck have ever interacted? Uh, I want to say the night of his dad's death, uh, he also ran into Rufus and Lily, uh, and they must have talked then a little bit, or at least acknowledged. Maybe, but I, I, I like this handshake is... a lot. Yeah, it's a nice handshake here. Yeah. Uh, Lily didn't press charges, but she heard from the board that Jack is going back to Australia. Uh, <laughs> At least we get Jack out of our hair. Like, Jack should probably be going to, like, prison or something, but uh, Lily didn't press charges, yeah. so... Uh, I guess there's, like, he gets just the... common behavior back in the branch of Australia, so they just send him back there where he's used to doing yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. It is funny that he always hated that he was, uh, you know, relegated to uh, having to be in Australia, so now it's a nice little deserving slap in the face that he has to go right back there. Right. And Lily is now the interim head of Bass Industries. What a girl boss Lily, Lily so Vanderwoodson awesome. is, or Lily Bass. And uh, Lily thanks Chuck for last night, lets him know that on his 18th birthday, he gets everything. Once again, she she does not want to have anything to do with the company. She actually believes in Chuck. And uh, okay, kind of bringing a tear to my eye here. I've been saying that I really love how the Lily-Chuck relationship has been growing. And even though there's been some bumps, this moment here 
has made it all worth it. Like they, they are finally back on the same page here. Chuck's getting what he wants. Lily is getting what she wants in the form of, you know, Chuck coming back to the family. And she says as much, she says she just wants Chuck as part of her family. Chuck gives a little smile. And remember, He's never he's never had a mother figure like this before. And also, I, I Dom, I'm sure you've noticed this. He currently has no parents, if you're keeping track at home. So this is very huge to have a mother figure in Lily here. Yeah, you, you would think that just statistically, one of Lily's many, many ex-husbands could uh, you know, step up to fill the void, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess not. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, Lily... Um, so Ch- oh, yeah, this is when uh, Chuck here admits that what happened to his father was an accident, which is the first time he is not blaming Lily, so also huge here. And he also tells Lily that if the offer still stands, he'd like to move back in. Aw, what a what a lovely ending uh, for for these two. It's great. And, you know, I, I feel like this is the only plot that needed to happen this episode. Like, I really enjoyed all of this from Lily and Chuck, and I wish it was just an episode of of these two, or just, like, whatever is going on between Absolutely. him, her, and Jack. That was, it was all super interesting and really uh, very earned, and I, I liked all of it quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, Chuck and Lily definitely the stars of the episode here. Yeah. Um, and we just get a little quick scenes to end the episode. Blair on the phone with Serena. Uh, she's saying that Queller wants to meet her. She, she also makes a joke that uh, they can get a jump start on Serena's veganism with celebratory Satan. And Serena says it sounds gross, but like that legitimately sounds delicious to me. And you have to wonder, has Serena actually ever had Satan? Because it is not gross. I don't even know what Satan is. It's uh, it's wheat gluten, which I maybe does sound gross, but <laughs> you can use it as like imitation, like anything, like chicken, like meat, whatever. I I, I usually get uh, some nice vegan pizza with buffalo seitan, and it's like a buffalo chicken slice. It is very okay. good. Um, um, as a fellow non meat eater, are you a big seitan head at all? Uh I I must confess, I am in the Brendan camp of not knowing what that is until you just explained it to me. So uh, I am open-minded and could be convinced, I guess, is uh, how I would defend myself. Next time time we hang out, we're getting some uh, buffalo seitan pizza. Uh, You're going to love it. Okay, let's do it. I mean, you know what? Next time, I, I didn't give you the invitation, but you've really just kind of inserted yourself here. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to come too, you can get we can get some buffalo seitan. Yeah, I was going to come before you singled me out anyway. Um, okay, great. But I was going to say, like, um, about like, su- like, just I guess ve- not not so much vegan food specifically, but just uh, any kind of meat substitution or wh- whatever is just you know made for people that are non meat eaters in general. Back in two thousand nine, I think you said is that right? Two thousand eight. This episode is couldn't have been but nearly as good as uh, we are here in twenty twenty two. I think that kind of food, those substitutions have just gotten better and better and better. So it might have been pretty gross back in. Uh, back in 2009. Maybe, and de- definitely not as accepted either, but right. um, I don't know. I would, I would have had to uh, had to try it. Yeah, definitely were no uh, Beyond Burgers back in 2009, no. which is what I had for dinner tonight, which were very good. Mm. Okay. So, Serena now calls Dan. Glad that the show is getting back to its roots with just, just tons of phone calls. So, uh, Serena calls Dan. Dan ignores her for some reason as Miss Carr shows up to the art gallery. Oh, sorry, not Miss Carr. Call her Rachel now because she's just a pal. I don't, know, I don't know what what is going on between these two. What is weirdos? I don't know. And it's I hate when why does he do that? It's so frustrating that he ignores her calls all the time. It's like this is Literally. It's, just, it's just like clockwork with these two. But and again, like we we They ended on a vaguely good note. They're not fighting. Why did he ignore the call? But like like we touched on earlier a little bit, as a seventeen year old kid in high school, I feel like her going to Brown is like her essentially giving up on the relationship. So in his head, he's like, Well, I, I guess I don't have to care either anymore. But that also deserves a conversation and not just him ghosting her. And why is Miss Carr coming to Brooklyn and you know, She's taking her jacket off and having some flirty energy with this teenager? 
I don't I, you know, I, I said it from the moment one, she gave him the eyes and it's just those sideburns for, for me. I just like, I, I get it. I get why she came all the way to Brooklyn. Look at him. <laughs> for the sideburns. Um, so, uh, Queller and Blair now, Miss Carr has told Queller what she, Blair did and Queller now has no choice but to give Blair detention and notify Yale, which means Blair's acceptance has been put on hold. First of all, she absolutely had a choice. She did not have to notify Yale, but all right. And also, what a fucking snitch that loser Rachel is. I'm glad Blair embarrassed her now. Um, Blair now has to complete detention to Queller's satisfaction, and maybe Yale might still be possible. Again, I, I guess this is how Yale makes their decisions, whether she can complete Queller's detention or not. Um, and Blair also has been slipping recently because I don't know how she could not foresee this was a possibility when she's like uh, talking with her minions with the angel and devil. And like one of the devil's points is that you're already in Yale. So nothing can go wrong. Like obviously as we are seeing right now, Yale can take away their uh, acceptance or whatever. So uh, just, just no foresight on the part of Blair here. How do they know about all this stuff? Like the inner workings of the high school though. Like what, why are they being notified about, the day-to-day of these students once they're already accepted and do they give a shit like is Yale <laughs> monitoring like the you know the the day-to-day school antics of their you know five thousand people that are getting off as that that semester exactly it's so insane where it's like the only way that blair can get back into yale is if she completes detention to the satisfaction of <laughs> mr squeller like yale's gonna care like oh she's really good at going to detention um yeah, it's insane. Eleanor Waldorf, just write them a check, and I think Blair's going to be good. It's going to be fine. But Blair meets Dorota outside Queller's office, and instead of changing her ways as she promised, Blair doubles down, and it is enough to give anyone chills. Uh, she, she says, put that puppy down, Dorota. And then when Dorota asks what's, what's uh, going on, Blair says, it's what's going to happen that you should worry about. And uh, Dorota wants to know if this is war, and you can see it in Blair's eyes that she is uh, she's going for the kill. She's ready. She's ready to make that spinoff show the wait list a, uh, a yeah. possibility here. She's <laughs> seems like she's going to murder everyone in her way. Um, <laughs> also, Dom, based on this one episode, how do you feel about fan favorite Dorota? She's a very uh, popular character in the show. See, before we had this uh, eureka moment about the wait list, I was going to say we should have some like Dorota spinoff, kind of like Better Call Saul style, where you do you take this minor character yeah. and just. Elevate them into the star of their own uh, franchise. F by Dorota. We love it. We've been getting a lot of Better Call Saul talk on this show recently that <laughs> Shirley yeah, Gagan doesn't have. A very interesting amount of Better Call Saul. This is like the <laughs> third week in a row that it has come up for whatever reason. Um, Brendan, how are you on Dorota Watch here? She's good. I'm, I'm still waiting for her to really get her, uh, her time in the limelight, though. All right. Fair enough. She's good. So that's our episode. Really setting up uh, some kind of war going on between perhaps Rachel and Miss Carr in the future. And uh, let's get some predictions, Brendan. How will this war play out? Um, you know, it's, it, There's so much with Miss Carr here because she's entangled with Dan, Serena, and Blair all in once. I feel like uh, Blair's going to have her way because she, she's been losing too much with, with these battles recently. So she's due for a win. Uh, she's been unsustainably bad. Um, so it, it, she's, she's due, uh, as far as Serena and Dan go, I think she's going to be the reason that they break up before the end of the season. And Dan's going to bang his first teacher, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say, is there going to be a weird potential Dan, Serena, Miss Carr love triangle? Yeah, obviously. Or best friends, Serena and Miss Carr. That's gonna, <laughs> that's here. Yeah. Um, what does the, uh, Lily reign of Bass Industries look like? I don't know, but I, I like to see... Uh, Rufus as her secretary. 
<laughs> doing a Shirley voice uh, from <laughs> yeah. Dean Baruby's secretary. Yeah. <laughs> Lily Vanderwoodson's phone. Rufus speaking. Um, you think everyone is still getting into Yale? Mm, a good point, because I, I did make that comment about how everyone has to go to Yale. You said, obviously, because, everyone obviously. is going to Yale. And but there are some Serena, hiccups here now. Right, and Serena wants to go to Brown. Um, maybe all of Serena's scenes from season three on are just by phone call. and they <laughs> <laughs> on, on FaceTime. Yeah. Blake Lively gets relegated to a FaceTime <laughs> character. Um, well, there's still nine more episodes in this season, so plenty of time to figure out where, yeah. uh, where everyone's going to be going. I'm sure there's still plenty of twists and turns throughout the rest of the season. Um, um, as long as you are unspoiled with what happens in future episodes, would you like to make some predictions as well? Oh God, uh, it, it feels like we're not going to have the entire cast uh, decamping on Mass to Brown University. So I'm guessing some of them are getting into Yale at the very least. Yeah, I, that's a that is a good prediction. Um, we will see. We will see what happens. Um, let's get into some segments here. We are back. User review of the week, and we have a pretty good lengthy user review here from uh, Main. Three one zero two zero. Maybe this is Colin Stone himself, noted <laughs> noted main resident at some point. Oh. Um, he gives the episode eight out of ten and titles it "Gossip Girls Wake Up Call." All right, the scene with Lily and Rufus was very amusing. At one point, I was actually was getting bored with their roller coaster relationship, but they reminded me of how much I loved them in the beginning. When Eric came out with that one liner towards Lily and Rufus's lust for each other, it completed the cherry on top I always missed in Gossip Girl. He said. I would say get a room, but yours is right above mine. Please try to remember that. Hats off to Connor Paolo, Eric. His scenes always bring a smile or two. Smiley face emoticon. The Lily Rufus, Serena, Dan interactions were very awkward here. I always wondered why Serena was so uptight about her mom's relationship with Rufus, but I see where she was coming from. It's very awkward to make out with your boyfriend living with you and to have your parents doing the same thing under the same roof. I was happy for the non-Chuck and Blair scenes. They always made Blair soft, and when Blair made the cold reference toward Chuck, I saw the Blair I loved in season one. She said, he's as dead to me as his father is to him. The show does well with Blair, who I've grown to admire this season. Leighton Meester, Blair, has a way of capturing an entire episode and making it her own. In the final scene, I actually saw a rage in Blair, which I look really look forward to. Chuck and Lily scenes, we continue, don't worry. Oh, wow. Chuck and Lily scenes were okay, but when she got that call from Rufus during their scheming, it felt as though it was just placed there to arouse that rage in Chuck. Jack Bass's short-lived say was sort of expected. I didn't even know Chuck had an uncle, but it wasn't mentioned that he didn't have one, so that could easily be possibly right. <laughs> that attempted assault scene between Jack and Lily was very gripping, but sudden. I really wondered why Rufus didn't get a punch in second to Chuck. Rufus should have taken charge of his woman in a heated rage. The opera really didn't suit him, no pun intended. That, that oh wow what a jokester <laughs> this episode was an interesting turn for gossip girl as the storyline continues to take big risks the only thing i couldn't care for in this episode was the nate and vanessa scenes they were very boring and unnecessary it felt as though the writers had nowhere else to place them and gave them this unimportant storyline and nate back his money without any sort of developing two and a half out of four stars wow thank you main three ten twenty that was Christ. Very uh, wait, that, that's that's all one review by one that was person. All one review. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that now, I, 
that now I'm just here wondering who in my life may or may not have an uncle. I, I never really considered it before. <laughs> I mean, if they didn't specifically say that they don't, they don't have an uncle, then anything is possible. <laughs> that is some really good logic. I never knew that Chuck had an uncle, but he never said he didn't have one. So. But also, they reviewed in this episode. He's been in a few before this one. <laughs> yeah, Dan was uh, Dan was too busy telling people he'd gone to Yale to mention his uh, his uncle status. <laughs> Could you imagine so. there was just some like line of dialogue where he's like, "Keep in mind, I don't have an uncle." So. <laughs> <laughs> all right next week the episode is titled carnal knowledge do you have any predictions based on that title brendan what was it and Car- keep in mind carnal that, keep in mind yeah keep in mind the spelling car null knowledge uh carnal knowledge miss car null knowledge mm, maybe um mater from the car series shows up yep good prediction um yeah. <laughs> The little blurb says that Blair plans to get revenge on her teacher, which I think we could have all assumed anyway. Yeah, so yeah. Um, let's get into some episode grades. And then I went first last week, so you can go first this week. What grade are you giving this episode? Well, I said earlier that the only plot line I really liked was the Lily and Chuck. Uh, so with that said, I I sort of agree a little bit with uh, <laughs> that, that user we just, we just uh, spoke to <laughs> in that Nate, Nate, Nate and Vanessa was very shallow of a plot line, um, but I didn't I didn't hate that one. It was just like why why is it even here? But all, all right. the other ones I really just didn't find myself caring about. It just felt like all of those other ones besides Chuck and Lily were sort of just setting up what's going to happen the rest of this season because like, I guess we're kind of getting close to the end a little bit. So uh, with the episode feeling just sort of like uh, a setup and not so much like a super interesting one until the very end. And again that interesting ending was for the good part of the episode i'll i'll give it like a i was gonna give it a c plus until um wow. it all got wrapped up super nicely with chuck and lily and um he's now her stepson so i'll bump it up to a b minus because that was a nice heartwarming ending so you are giving it a b minus B minus. okay uh dom would you like to go next for your episode grade yeah, so given that this is the only episode I can re- remember seeing, I can't really grade on a curve here, but just as a uh, standalone TV experience, I I guess I'll give it a B, and then I'm responsible for the show getting cancelled or whatever, and, and you're going <laughs> to you know, yell at me and, and yeah. plot against me until I change that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's pretty much how it works. Um, all right, so we, we're all going to be ballpark buds here. I believe this is what happened... Uh, Last week, too, that one person gave a B, one gave a B minus, and one gave a B plus. Because I'm going to give the episode a B plus. Um, I liked it a little bit more than last week's episode, which I gave a B. So it makes sense that I would give this one a B plus. Um, I I think it continued the development of the Lily and Chuck mother-son relationship. I think that was great. And that storyline, obviously, very strong, as we've been saying. It gives us a satisfying ending. And uh, Jack leaving our screens for now, so that's nice. And... Uh, you mentioned not really liking the other storylines, but I thought the Blair scheming was pretty fun. I mean, it, it's kind of annoying at, at parts, I guess, but I, I thought it was fun. And add, adding Yale into the mix is always always fun as well. Um, I obviously hate Miss Carr, but it's kind of fun having someone to just like randomly hate in the mix. So uh, <laughs> it, it was just missing that like extra element of like true wackiness or insanity to have it in the A range, and obviously not nearly enough Jenny this week either. So I, I'm gonna give That's it a, a B plus. So you're the if, of the three of us. You're the the too hot porridge. Dom is the good, the nice room temp porridge, and I'm the cold porridge. Yeah, so this this porridge is too hot, is what okay. I said about uh, about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, all right, Brendan, who do you have as the MVP for this episode? MVP is an easy one for my girl Lily. She is That's literally going there. Come on, I mean, like she's she's carrying the team. Like she literally is the best part of the entire episode, as said earlier. She um, makes Rufus a worst character halfway decent, um, <laughs> and she brings Chuck out of her out of his dark slide for the past few episodes. So like she's just literally on, on all fronts, and she's a, a now. A new girl boss, like she's she's awesome. She's um, a literal billionaire, and she's on top of the world. So just and just killing it on all fronts. Lily, another MVP for you. You you might win this season. She, I mean, I have not tallied up the MVPs yet, but is she. It looks like she might be on pace here. It looks yeah. like a she's on a real uh, season one Jenny trajectory right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Dom, do you agree with Lily as MVP? Or are you going with someone else? There, there's only one answer here, and it's Rachel Carr. I, I mean, I, oh, I don't know what's oh, even boy. up for debate uh, here. You, a- you, have, you have someone who comes onto this established show with this cast of characters and just steals the show out from underneath them and, and makes herself the main character of the episode uh, by wow. by some descriptions. So really can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> you can't. Well, when I was uh, doing my research on Rachel Carr for this episode, uh, just d- delving <laughs> deeper into my new favorite, I... I Googled Rachel Carr Gossip Girl, and the first thing that came up was a villain's wiki. So this is dedicated to just like <laughs> all villains across all art forms and media. And so and I guess she is like right officially of a, there. <laughs> officially a villain here. Um, and it has this amazing disclaimer on the side um, where it says, no real world examples. In order to keep our wiki as neutral as possible, we will no longer be allowing the creation of real world articles. Unlike fiction, the real world is really black and white in terms of morality. <laughs> And one man's villain can be another man's hero, no matter how wicked they may appear. Uh, as such, we have decided to stop the practice of adding real-world articles to this wiki and are now catering exclusively to fiction, folklore, and theological figures. Uh, so I- I- I'm just curious like, what incident happened to cause this, <laughs> this policy yeah. shift o- over on the villain's wiki page. But over on the Gossip Girl wiki, uh, wow. I-, I quickly learned everything... I needed to know about Rachel because uh, in the the little info box, she has this relationships thing where it's just romances, friends, and enemies. And I feel like that's all you really need to know about someone to get a, a picture of what's going on. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Wow. So you really did your homework here. Um, I thought that you were just uh, you were just trolling, and that your trolling game had gotten really better by uh, by doing by naming Rachel Carr your MVP. But you really did your research, and I have to say, as turns as uh, as far as if, Fictional uh, folklore or theological villains go. Rachel Carr really is up there. That's one of the best. Uh, I mean, right. for you, she, she does seem to have this theological villain quality. Like She is the devil incarnate. She is, uh, you know, the, the thing the, the good book uh, warned us about. Yeah, I mean, she's she's lucky someone else is in this episode or she'd be getting an LVP for me to cancel out oh, your yeah. MVP. But um, as far as my MVP goes, I think it should either be Chuck or Lily since they were the heart of the episode and had the best storyline. Um, and Lily definitely deserves, but since Brendan, you, you gave it to Lily, I will spread the wealth here and I'll give it to Chuck for, for punching Jack nice. and potentially getting his company back when he turns 18. Don't hate that. Also, it, it was his idea to uh, go to Lily and work with her, even though he was mad at her. So he really set all this in motion in the beginning. And, uh, you know, most importantly, he got that handshake from Rufus. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a huge handshake. Across the aisle. Um, so yeah, you give it to Lily, I'll give it to Chuck, so one of them get... And then, of course, who could forget Miss Carr also getting an MVP? Uh, Brendan, who are you giving the LVP to in this episode? I mean, I think it's a bad look if you don't give it to Jack. 
So I think we can maybe all three agree just like to give the sexual assaulter (laughs) the LVP. Don't don't pressure me. I'll come to my own decision to see if I want to. But uh, yeah. So you're a Jack defender. Yeah, no. Jack makes a great case for LVP. I can't fault you there. Dom, uh, what what are you thinking in terms of LVP? Yeah, I mean, Jack making, uh, in this episode, a run for uh, series LVP, as far as as I can tell, unless it gets even more darker at some point in the future. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there, I mean, Jack may be the series, I mean, Charles may have been onto something here when he said that Jack was the worst character. Um, uh, Nothing off the top of my head, and even if there is, uh, I don't really want to spoil anything. So uh, to this point, I think definitely Jack is the most uh, detestable person that has been on the show so far. Um, so yeah, obviously for my LVP, also I'm going to go with Jack. Uh, if you attempt rape, then you get an LVP. It's as simple as that. So <laughs> that's the rule. Uh, fuck, fuck Jack Bass. Jack Bass, go die. Uh, uh, have get, fun get back in Australia. For rule number twenty. Hopefully the plane crashes. Hopefully Article Twenty Six happens and the plane crashes with Jack in it. Um, so a clean sweep for LVP from Jack, and uh, that is all of our segments except, of course, for Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And for this episode of Lonely Boys Theater, we will be doing the scene, the uh, slightly shortened scene of Blair with the angel and the devil on her shoulders. Um, I'm usually Blair, so even though it is a shorter part this week, I'll still take it unless anyone wants to take Blair from me. And uh, you guys can fight over Penelope and Isabel. Devil or angel for you, Dom? Uh, I'll I'll be the uh, the devil on your shoulder here. All right. Ooh. So, uh, LP does start. I'll read the stage notes since I have a, a limited role here. So, uh, there lies between Is and Penelope playfully listening to their advice. The devil would say, "You're already in here. You have security now more than ever. You can do what you want." As Blair smiles and looks at her, and an angel would say, "All the reason more not to. You have what you want. You don't have a perfect transcript." But you don't need one. You're in. Uh, I hate having to play the angel. I know. The devil is so much better. So, B, who won? I'm now Blair, and I'm holding out my hand for my cell phone. <laughs> Gimme! Gimme that cell phone, bitch! The other two girls snicker, and, she gives it, and that is what it said in my Here, script. bitch. <laughs> Gimme that cell phone, bitch. Um, the other two girls snicker, as she gives into temptation to launch her plan. And then we all laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but not too hard, or your abdomen will hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get it. Um, all right. Wow. What a great scene. Always love an angel and a devil moment there. Wow. So good. So good. Everyone wow. is clapping for us. And uh, that's all we have, except uh, except for some plugs, I guess. We can get into some plugs. Um Tom Harvey, thank you again so much for yes, thank you. coming on to the Lonely Boys podcast, even though you had never uh, consciously seen an episode of Gossip Girl, at least. It was a thrill to have you here, and uh, I, I guess the only thing I have left to ask is if you have anything to plug at this hour. I, I really don't, honestly. I feel like I don't tweet anymore. I, I barely <laughs> podcast myself. I, I'm just, True, you know, yeah. just right, living so over here in my you, cave. You can say you, I, I would say you can plug your podcast, but I don't even know when the last time I've heard you on a podcast is. Right, I can plug the the Instagram dedicated to my cat. I, I mean, there's really I, I'm running short on options there. We do stand ravioli here. Of course we um, do. All right, so very, very, uh, very good and interesting plugs on 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 Dom's end. Brendan, what are you plugging today? Uh, at this point, I guess I I don't know what's coming out on like the main feed for Happy Boys, but otherwise, go check us out on. 
Patreon. We have the wow. OC, I guess we'll we keep calling it the Sandy Boys, our OC podcast. We'll keep calling it for now. <laughs> Until um, someone comes up with a better name, you're gonna be forced to listen to us call ourselves the Sandy Boys. So, <laughs> so if you like the OC, if you like this show, you like the OC. Uh, we do the same thing, but for the other Josh Schwartz show. show uh, so check that out on Patreon. I think it's like three bucks a month that you get uh, <laughs> weekly shows on that one. It's between. The OC you get bi-weekly, and to fill in the other gaps, you get uh, a show where me and my friend Brian go through all of the Billy Joel discography, album by album, and then that'll turn into the Swifty Boys at some point. So check all oh, that yeah. out, and there's plenty more stuff on Patreon. Uh, that's the the Happy Boys Pod. I think it's the Patreon.com slash the Happy Boys Pod. You guys can figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll send links and stuff like that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> love that. You guys can figure it out. It's fine. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all very exciting. Um, I do remember us, even though I have not listened back to our uh, OC pilot podcast yet. I do remember recording it, and I have to say, I was great on it, and I guess so were you. And so it was, it was very funny. <laughs> okay. So I don't think anyone will be disappointed in. Yeah, if you like this, uh, it's same, the same thing. Just if you like the OC, then this uh, that our version of this. Absolutely, can't wait to watch a watch the second episode eventually when we get some time. I'm excited. I, I really loved the pilot so, so much to a point where. I was like, oh man, I don't want to watch Gossip Girl right now. I want to watch the OC. I'm like, I'm so I'm so interested in what's going to happen next. Um, where one of the great the, pilots the pilot was just so good. Yeah, it really was one one of the great pilots. Um, I guess if you're done with the plugs, I'll I'll get on my That's plugs it. now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, watch the Saved by the Bell reboot. We're still trying to save Saved by the Bell, uh, a campaign that is going nowhere, but. There's nowhere to go but up, that means. So if we get more people to watch Saved by the Bell, eventually we will get that season three. Um, I don't know. when. What is it? Is this episode coming out this this Friday, Brendan? Or is it next Friday? No, it's, it's going to be in a few Fridays because... Uh, let me actually look at a quick calendar. It's going to be the 17th it'll come out. Oh, wow. What's that? Yeah, oh, are we... Because uh, the first... The Friday the 3rd, uh, we're going to release the, the OC, uh, Sandy Boys, as a free feed just to show people what they're missing out on. Uh, and then the 10th, we already recorded, and then the 17th will be this one. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Wait, no. The 10th would be this one. Uh, we You can edit out us talking about uh, <laughs> scheduling this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So... The important thing is it's not going to be the one that is uh, released this week, so I don't even know what I'm plugging. But I did just see the Bob's Burgers movie yesterday, so if you guys want to go see the Bob's Burgers movie, that was very fun. Okay. Um, I also watched, uh, rewatched me, me and and uh, friend of the pod Lita watched the whole season of uh, the Search for El Woods, uh, and that was uh, one of the funniest reality shows of all time. So if you guys want to watch that on YouTube, that'll be a that'll be a great time. No one will no one will regret doing that. Um, <laughs> That's all I've watched recently. You can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at Puppy. You can follow Brendan's other podcast, The Hoppy Boys, at The Hoppy Boys Pod. Uh, Dom, uh, did you plug your Twitter? Do you want to plug your Twitter? Uh, at DomHRV, I guess, but don't expect much in the way of just content or jokes or observations or anything. It's uh, <laughs> lying dormant currently. <laughs> yeah, literally, he literally just said he hasn't been tweeting much, but if you want to follow him, that is his handle. And, uh, that's all the plugs for us. Next week, we do have another great, great, great guest coming on. The, the, the guests just don't stop being iconic when it comes to this show. So I will not reveal it right this second, but you're going to want to see who it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so everyone come back to join us as we break down Season 2, Episode 17, Carnal Knowledge. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO, Lonely Boys. Bye.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.